Okay, three, two, Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Front Row Negative, the podcast. It is I, Aaron, along with my uh, artistically flavored co-host, Chris. What's up? Or uh, as uh, some of you have no idea who I am today, uh, only Aaron knows. Not even my wife knows who I am today. Uh, but according to the screen, Aaron, tell me, what is my name today? Well, because I'm able to pronounce it properly the first time around when you put it up there. It is Poop <laughs> Shoot Peter Panini. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, I was as I was telling you earlier, I literally, as you log on to StreamYard, it's just you put your name in. I was like, yeah. Aaron knows I'm Chris Foreman, but Aaron does not know I'm going to be Poop Shoot Peter Panini tonight. <laughs> It's it's a good it's a good uh, nickname, and I'm glad that you're able to pronounce it like the fifth time. You tried to pronounce it when you were explaining it earlier. I typed it out as you can read it. I typed it out correctly. Yeah, but I well actually I can't say that for sure because I'm not sure if poop shoot is two words or one word. It could maybe there's a hyphen in there somewhere. I don't know. It could, maybe it could maybe. Be. No, well, 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 with my screen name, this is what I had when I did the uh, cameo for three beers. Oh, okay. And it just, I never changed it. So mine, it just says Undisputed Aaron as a playoff of the Undisputed Era. Well, formerly Undisputed Era. No longer, they're no longer together. They broke up Ugh. on NXT. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Bobby Fish's mustache. <laughs> so. God, have mercy. <laughs> so how are you doing, sir? I am doing great, man. Uh, and by great, I mean I'm exhausted and yes. under the gun, behind schedule, and constantly trying to play catch up. But I'm doing great. How about you, man? Uh, that that sounds like my life as well. I survived another work week. Um, I didn't have to make a last minute video for my bosses, and I'm not going to say where I actually work. Be, not because uh, you know I, the privilege is there. I just want to give them the promotion for that. They don't oh, pay you, me you for promotion. You, you, no, you can say where you work, man. He nah, works for Bracers. I don't want to give them any kind of hindsight. So, uh, <laughs> I, I said you work for Brazers. 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 I don't know. I don't know how Bra to pronounce it. Brazers or Brazers? Panini? Panani? Panani? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different name. Poop shoot, Peter Panani. <laughs> I should have put Panani. <laughs> Imagine that being your last name, and you know you have like somebody after you. Come back here, Punani. Come, <laughs> get over here, Punani. Yeah, I'm gonna get you, Punani. <laughs> Put the cookie down, Punani. <laughs> you listen here, Punani. You went down seven blocks. You destroyed four buildings, fifteen cars. I'm gonna need your oh. gun and your bass, Punani. <laughs> Come on, that's great. Oh, that's gonna be great. <laughs> that's gonna be great. Jesus. <laughs> Yes. Uh, no, I'm just not going to mention her name. More so, just for the fact that I don't want to give them any kind of promotion because they're not paying for the promotion yet. Uh, and you know that. Yeah. That's why I'll just keep it man. private. For everything, yeah. Screw it. Yeah. Pretty much. You got to pay for this privilege. That's right. You got you got to pay to be on this show, or you know, yeah, tell you got to pay for the sponsor, or pay right. for advertising. You want the you want the rub from Poop Shoot Peter Panini? You're going to have to pay up, pal. 
and that's quite a rub. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite a rub. Oh my god. So, so yeah, well, yeah. So again, survived another week. About to enjoy this illustrious weekend, somewhat uh, full of chores and. Uh, for me, hopefully for me, sleep and rest. I need it. Oh, man, I think you're asking for too much, dude. Yeah, I've got kids. I always ask for too much. That's right. So let's just jump right into it. So let's. what, you know, first segment up, what have you been watching, playing, reading, or listening to? Uh, I've, I've mostly been listening to um, podcasts, the same, same old, same old. Okay. I need to expand my horizons. Although, you know what? There is a podcast I listen to uh, when it does come on. At w- one time, they were hitting pretty regularly every week. Uh, now, it's uh, she only does interviews of people. Okay. But the, it's called The Hidden Gym. You ever heard about it? Have not. Is that gym as in a stone or gym as in like working out? Oh, gin as in the genies. Like as in... Oh, of, okay. Uh, Arabic folklore. I guess folklore, depending on who you ask. But Oh, so, um, so sort of like Rob Williams and Will Smith. Yeah, but much scarier. Um, well, I mean, not much scarier than or Jafar, Janir, Jafar, wherever you are. But no, <laughs> <laughs> Hidden Jin is uh, literally it's um, uh, she's a um, Pakistani woman, and I, and I apologize, I'm blanking on her name, but um, she literally her episodes talk about different kinds of jinn according to. Um, Muslim and Pakistani uh, lore or you know belief system, and uh, mm-hmm. and I apologize for calling it lore. I just I, I don't know if I'm slandering it anyway. If I am, I apologize. She talks about the belief in jinn, okay, by those who believe in it, okay. and I find it very interesting. Two things about uh, uh, the the jinn that mothers in Muslim families apparently, according to the podcast, talk to their kids about uh, the daughters. Um, especially, uh, don't get your hair wet and leave it wet. Ever like, like, don't get your hair wet ever, or just no, no, like wash it, but don't leave it wet. Like dry it immediately. Oh, okay, okay. Because apparently, Jen are drawn to wet hair. Uh, and well, they also that person would really hit Roman Reigns. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And then also, uh, don't go out at night like past seven o'clock because Jen apparently are very active and going out for wet hair women after seven. I mean, let's be fair. Who's not going out for wet hair women after seven, right? Pretty much. That's how Las Vegas was founded. <clears throat> so I, you know, from listening to it, it's very interesting. Um, I think this is just a personal, you know, what I, what I think's going on because mm-hmm. I have no skin in the game in regards to Jen and, the belief system therein, but you know, without going into much detail, I feel like it's kind of a control system, much okay. like you know, I mean, like telling your kids, you know, like uh, Cajun kids are talking about the they're talk, told about the Rougarou, the Rougarou being the uh, basically the swamp werewolf of Louisiana that will eat your face if you don't listen to your parents and go to bed when you're told. Well, you know, outside of Louisiana, for the rest of the country, we mostly just use the boogeyman. You know, don't do that because the boogeyman will get you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So outside of Cajun country, it's the boogeyman. Boogeyman slash Jen slash Rougarou. Yeah. All, like all yeah. those, uh, the the scary uh, 
children folklore type thing. Okay. Exactly. That's exactly. sounds interesting. It is. It's it's really good. That's what I've been listening to. Uh, I recently uh, also on uh, Talk is Jericho. He he okay. he interviewed a guy who's had he's had on there a few times. This dude has a uh, a documentary on Netflix right now about uh, uh, called The Sons of Sam about okay. the Sons of Sam's uh, slayings. Yeah. Um, it's about a, a a guy who was an investigator and writer who mm-hmm. went into deeper detail on things that the cops in New York City in the in the seventies looked past. Yes. Uh, for those who are not familiar, I'll kind of give you the cliff notes. In the seventies, when all this was going on, um, New York City was going through a tough time with uh, poverty because just you know New York, I guess, or whatever. And then yeah. the city was hurting for money, so they had to cut costs on uh, uh, utility workers and police force, and more specifically, the trash men. So like, yeah trash was terrible in new york in the 70s so everything was on strike right they're like strikes and stuff right yeah exactly so the 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 mayor of the city at the time uh needed a win basically in the eyes of his constituents i apologize if i sound like i'm suffering from indigestion because i am i had (laughs) i had crawfish and french fries and etouffee for dinner and I may or may not be drinking Crawfish. on a hurricane. Uh, uh, yeah, those, all those river roaches. Hey man, don't be don't be hating. You know you like the river roach. Uh, I'm drinking a hurricane, by the way, from Razoo's. <laughs> Stand back, and it's not green. No, no, it is uh, straight up uh, Bourbon Street uh, hurricane hand grenade alcohol. Uh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> Basically, the, the the mayor needed to win and stuff like that. So, the police force pushed. Uh, I'm I'm forgetting his name. The son of Sam killer. Why am I blanking on his name? I just watched a whole freaking documentary about it. I have anyway. no. I haven't watched. I know what the documentary you're talking about. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, yeah. I was planning on doing that soon. I just haven't done it yet. They skipped over. Basically, the cops just skipped over everything, and in much in the way that cops tend to do, they 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 need they they need uh, a perp. Yeah, and they need to push the case through and be done with it, and that's what happened here, according to the the, the man who who this documentary is based around. Okay. okay, so I definitely listened to Jericho talk about it, went and watched it. It's very interesting. It's coming in, in the it's narrated by Paul Giamatti, who talks in the perspective of the guy who the documentary is about, the investigative reporter. It's uh, it's done from his perspective, so it's really interesting. I think huh. if you're Paul Giamatti, crime, I mean that's. Paul Giamatti, he he's a good actor. He's a big uh, fat liar. Big fat liar for me. For for if you're a comic book fan, he was Rhino, Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh God, yes, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and he was in a few other things too. That where he played like a creepy, uh, like bastard type character. He but the same documentary. Well. That's pretty good. interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. So that's that's what I've been listening to and watching. Uh, playing, I don't play right now, Aaron. I don't play. <laughs> I'm all business. So you think you're Chris Rock's dad? Oh, you think I'm playing? You think I'm playing? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, who has time for that mess right now? I, no time. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, my wife has plenty of time with her gimped up foot to play all the games she could possibly get her hands on. Uh, what, what what Pokemon game are you playing, dear? Shield. I mean, she's playing Sword. She's playing Sword because Gwen is playing Pokemon Shield. 
and my daughter is playing with bacon any chance that she can sometimes not without asking permission first and trying to get it in before school she's been I playing i haven't played with her on a pokemon or animal crossing in a while she, she she well she gets on and she starts to say that uh well bacon might get on anytime soon so i have to play and check i will tell you when i'm on <laughs> so we have the group chat yo yeah. Well, 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 what Gwen doesn't realize is that, well, she, I think she's figured it out now. Take that back. I think she's figured it out. But we have access to shutting off her Wi-Fi on her Nintendo ah. and activating it. So we know when she's on because we get an alert that says Gwen switch on. <laughs> and, Technology. She, and so she has to ask permission first uh, because she has, you know, she has to finish her schoolwork, has to do her chores. Then she can play for a few for about like an hour or so. But she doesn't. She tries to sneak it on in the morning, and we get little registration marks uh, or little registration notifications whenever she's playing. And we're like, "When did you play your Nintendo this morning?" No, when? Oh, God, yeah, I don't want to say. We're, since we're friends, I can see how long she's been playing a game. <laughs> oh, since we have her internet, we know how long she's been playing a game. Mm-mm. Children's, children's, you raising some bad seeds over there, man. <laughs> we but have. I'm on. Uh, the Leon fight right now. So I'm on the final boss that I know of on Shield. I'm sorry. I have, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I defeated everybody except for the champion. Oh, yeah, so, so boom in your face. So she's a gym leader. Yes. Oh, no, no. no okay, not. okay, not yet. I defeated all the gym leaders. Show enough. Show enough. Okay. Show enough. So yeah, that's what we uh, as a com- uh, as a community uh, household <laughs> over here have been watching slash lo- reading slash looking at slash playing slash wishing we had more time for because we work too much. But what about you, buddy? What have you been doing? Are, are you sure there's nothing else that like you haven't watched or anything yet? Oh, you know what? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's right. Well, literally minutes before we got on here, um, while we were eating our dinner, we watched the first episode of Modoc. That's right. Yes. Yes, uh, holy with the vo- crap! With the voice of uh, what we all joke about being Parker's dad, his real dad, uh, Pat Oswald. And for oh those who don't know, Parker is my uh, my six year old son, who looks like a baby Pat Oswald. He's he's a good kid, man. He's just, he he's, <laughs> he's got his own drum. He's marching to. He's he's your own little Orange Cassidy. Oh, <laughs> uh, he yeah, Orange Cat City. Orange. There you go. Orange Cat City. So, what'd you think of it? I really liked it, man. I, I, I didn't. I, I even said this while we're watching. I was like, "This has a real uh, robot chicken feel." And yes. then, of course, in the credits, it was like, "Oh, co-produced or co-created by Seth Green." I was like, "Okay, well, there you go." Yeah. yeah. Um, Pat Oswald, man, that guy's story is a tragic one uh, with his wife and everything. But he really seems to have embraced the work. And, and put himself into his work and because and, and, she was a writer. I'm not trying to bring the, the conversation down, but it's like I'm very mm-hmm. happy with him. I'm saying all that to say this is a cool thing for him because you know he's a huge comic nerd. Yes, he you is. Know, he loves all things. And so I'm sure whenever he either had the idea himself or they came to him, I was like, hey, do you want to be in the MCU technically? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how? Well, you want to be MODOK? Um, was it organism designed only um, for killing? What the, what the hell is the M stand for? 
said it in the show. He did. I can't. I'm, I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking. I'm gonna blank a lot tonight. This ain't, it won't be my last time. <laughs> but no, no. He. Uh, I. I really enjoyed it, man. What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I. I. I finished watching another show and I saw it pop up on the screen. I'm like, oh, and it's only it was like a few minutes or like you know less than an hour. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. I'm up enough as it is. I might as well just check it out. And yeah, from from the very start, it's just it's very what chicken esque. Uh, the comedy is there. His his voice fits Robot Chicken Modok. Oh his, yeah, his, his voice is perfect for that character. It, it's, it's perfect casting. And I'm watching it, and it's just the jokes are flowing. It's like the one little one-liners, the jokes, just with aim, the beekeepers, everything. And, oh, the beekeepers, yes. Oh, like, <laughs> it, it, it was just, and without giving anything away, uh, the, it, this is where it hits Robot Chicken style, where you have Modoc's secret life. And I'm going to, I'll just leave it at that. His secret hidden life. That's, that's Robot Chicken right there. That's the Robot Chicken part. Yeah. Exactly. The comedy and the hijinks from that. But the Marvel part is like the action, the characters, uh, and the plot and all that. But it's just very well done. Um, I kind of really wish it wasn't on Hulu. Uh, I kind of wish this was on... Uh, I, I would say Netflix, but I know Netflix and Disney are kind of parting ways more so. They're, the, the, yeah, the, they're taking a break from each other. Yeah, the, the divorce <laughs> is becoming finalized, so to speak. Yeah. But this was just... Um, it was really well done. Really liked it. I can't wait for the next episode. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that it's a, that it's a mature-themed show to really uh, kind of go with some of those jokes that they talk about. Mm-hmm. It, and yeah, just just overall great. Just overall great. I could just imagine just Patton Oswald walking into a room and in his mind, he's thinking he's probably gonna play like another character. He's gonna probably gonna play like a like an agent of SHIELD or maybe like a Hydra organization, you know, executive or something like that. He walks into the room, they see his giant head, and he's like, Okay, that's Modoc. Yeah, he's cast. <laughs> he's straightaway cast for Modoc. They see that giant head get out of the elevator. And Mar- and you can see Kevin Feige. I can hear Kevin Feige. You see that big headed guy? That's Modoc. Go bring him in. Sorry, that's Patton Oswald. Who? I don't care. Go bring him in. He's Modoc. That that's probably awesome. what happened. Probably so. Probably I mean, you know, I, in my in my mind's eye, I like to think that um, you know, um, the lady who tried out for uh, she played um, she tried out for Catwoman in Batman Returns. She played uh, Finkel and Einhorn. Einhorn. Finkel. Finkel and Einhorn. Uh, oh. Uh, can't think of her Grace name. Ventura. Why am I? Yeah. See, I can't think of her. I can't think of her name. Exactly. You know what? That's the name of the episode. We can't. Uh, we're blanking tonight. Mind blank. Mind blank. We're we're so mind blanked. Get the blank out of here. You know, like I this is, uh, my my brain is just bleh, complete mush right now. Yeah, I know. I know you're talking about Sean Young. Sean, Sean Young. Young. I like Sean to Young. think that. Yeah, I like to think he took the Sean Young route and like. Got a like a radio flyer and sat in it and have like, somebody paper mache thing around him like he's Modoc, <laughs> just to campaign uh, for the role. I, I mean, Patton Oswald, the guy's funny, but seriously, if you ever wanted to see what Butters from South Park would look like in his forties, it's Patton Oswald. <laughs> That's true. 
<laughs> Seriously, that was that is him. That would have yeah. been that, that seems like it'd be right up his alley. <laughs> Definitely right up his alley. So yeah, I, yeah, love Modoc show, and I guess I'll jump into uh, what I saw or what I've been doing. So listening to Talking Shop podcast with the Good Brothers, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Normally, I recommend this podcast quite a bit because it's like you got like forty-five minute episodes or less. They're they're pretty mm-hmm. short, but the the newest episode, Gallows does an amazing Undertaker voice impersonation, and it oh, is hilarious. Yes, it is so funny. I kept rewinding it when he's talking about Undertaker shopping in a grocery store, just to hear him do the impersonation, and it's so funny. So I, I have to recommend Talking Shop, the podcast. That is great. Uh, for I do I, there is one true crime true crime podcast I listen to. Uh, it's fun, but at the same time, it's a little annoying. It's called the the show is called Crime Junkies, and the premise is like it, they talk. These two girls talk about uh, true life crimes that have that have happened in the past, but they do it in a format to where it sounds like they're gossiping about somebody. So it's fun at first, but after a while, it kind of gets annoying. <laughs> you just want to choke these women. That's well, we're not out of annoyance, that, right, out, yeah. out of annoyance, <laughs> I'm not really going to choke them. I, it, it, I'm not. We got you. Yeah. You, you metaphor. Not a violent <laughs> person, not a violent person. <laughs> so I don't even know you anymore, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Who so, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so for gaming, um, I finished Zombie Army 4. Finally finished it. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? The game is amazing. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you, you go, it's, ba- it's a combination. There's a game out there called The Division, which is very meta with what's happening in 2020. Uh, that was a fun game. But it combines The Division along with Left 4 Dead because you fight zombies and there's all these little jokes and Easter eggs and stuff. And that was fun. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't, when I told them about it, they're like, oh, I don't like it, or they, they couldn't get into it. But this game was just super fun. I love the inside jokes, especially whenever uh, one of the things you have to do per stage is find uh, like a disemboweled hand that's oh, kind of crawling around. Like, think of uh, Ash from Evil Dead Part 2. Okay. Where the hand is by itself crawling around. Right. Well, in each stage, there's a hand crawling around. And when you <laughs> shoot it, you get a bonus point. You get bonus points, but each hand is, has a different name, and they range oh from God. like they range the name the hand the hands names remain range from a uh, Kruger to Romero. There's one hand that's called Franz, Hans <laughs> and Franz, Hans and Franz, Hans. Oh, so. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, so like so, there's all these like different looking names for the hands, and that's that's a lot of fun. There's there and then then there's these creepy like porcelain dolls everywhere in the game, and if you shoot them, they do crazy things. So or crazy things will happen. So it's just stuff like that. And I finally beat the game, and in the game, it becomes like Wolfenstein where you fight uh, Hitler, but not just any kind of Hitler. This is like Necronomicon, zombified army of Hitlers. Oh, and it's just and, like, robot arms and crap. No, just like not steampunky, just like like a, a bunch of like deadite Hitlers that just come after you. And oh, you have okay. to fight them all. 
lot of fun. Okay, this game was just so much fun. I really enjoy it. I really definitely recommend it. I've pumped so much time in this game. Definitely recommend it. So, and it's free with the Xbox Game Pass. So definitely check it out. Uh, and then I started playing more Battletoads, but then I don't know. I haven't really played too much because I've mostly been focusing on Zombie Army 4. For watching, I wa- I finished season three of the Mayans. So that se- season is finished. A lot of fun. Uh, the last two episodes, the cram a lot of stuff. Not, well, I want to say crammed. They put a lot of things that happened in the last two episodes, the final two episodes, that put everything together. They, it, it closes out certain things, raises more questions, brings more cliffhangers to it, and it ends on a giant cliffhanger, which is all I'm going to say because I know a lot of people want to get into Mayans, and it's just a, such a good show. The, the writing is just amazing. And I have to, you know... Again, I, I'm going to give Mines more of a liking than Sons, just because the writing is just so much better. Really, you know, yes. speaking of Sons, I wanted to ask you that last time because it came to mind. Do you, are you do you have any Sons crossover? Are we seeing any guys from uh, yes. Sam Crow? Sam Crow makes a few crossovers. There, there are some cameos from Sam Crow. What? Oh, okay. Yeah, I used to religiously watch uh, Sons of Anarchy because it's just. The show was magnetically, yeah. it's, it's hard to look away. It was just such a unique the, show. The The final episode of season one of Mayans ends with a big controversial crossover. So oh, man, that's awesome. I, I'll just leave it at that. That way you can kind of watch it and, you, and you'll be surprised too. Because it involves one of the popular characters. Oh, God. Okay, gotcha. So good. Uh, and then I watched the New Mutants movie. Loved it. I don't understand why the hate was. I don't. Okay, I don't get the hate for that. I don't either. I, I don't get the hate. It was. I think it was really well done. the The pacing was better with the rewrites. But then again, mm-hmm. this movie's been on the shelf for like what four or five years. It's Something been like that. Yeah. It's it, it's been on the shelf for a long time, and this is like the this is like the kids of the Who's Who shows at the time. You had yeah, I was about to say yeah. Game of you Thrones. had Macy Williams from Game of Thrones. You had the, the the older brother from Stranger Things. You had the girl, the blonde-haired girl, who's now in Queen's Gambit. She was in here as Magic. Dude, she was so good as Magic. Yeah, she was good. Look. Uh, and, then, and then the right. whole Lockheed yeah. thing. The whole Lockheed. Like, I know. Used, I was like, what? Used. You yeah. see the puppet. And at first, I'm thinking, I'm like, well, first, my thought is, what's well, Magic? That's not Shadowcat. Lockheed right, exactly. has the Lockheed has the connection to Shadowcat, not Magic. But when the movie plays out, it makes more sense. Yeah, so exactly. I was all I was all for that. I was all for that. Uh, the, I think they replaced my. I think the only two gripes I have, um, they replaced Magma with Sunspot in the movie, which yeah. I can I can you know okay that's fine. They and they took Cipher out. They they, they didn't bring. Uh, Doug Locke in there, uh, they, they kept him out, which I think having him in there would have been pretty interesting just to kind of get around them sneaking through the the hospital. You think, but, do you, wait, do you think it would have made it too easy? I think it would have made it interesting for okay. most of these characters to figure out what their powers are or are afraid of using them. I think having Doug in there as Cypher, being able to sneak in and out of electronically secured facility without telling anybody would have 
been a better like sub story for this movie and also brought in an original character or i mean uh, not original character but an original team member to the okay. the movie the villain which was you know essentially the bear the demon bear right i think that was really well done and and i see a lot of people hated on the demon bear as the as the the bad guy or as the villain or the boss or whatever which is dumb because if you know anything about uh yeah Demons. if you know about the comic you know about the you know about the the thing and i and i believe that that's the reason why this movie got hate a lot because nobody read the comics and no. so they were introduced to something that they, that they knew nothing about because with x-men everybody remembers the 90s cartoon show spider-man everybody remembers the cartoon shows mm -hmm. iron man there's cartoon shows but they did a great job of it, of explaining one character for iron man there wasn't right. like a whole team of people. It's just one. X and Origins did a decent job of explaining characters that people knew about. Mm -hmm. New Mutants, nobody knew about these these characters. They didn't know about them. You know, and it, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I, I I just I'm I'm I've got so many things I wanted to uh, to talk about on it. But yeah, I'm sorry. I, I keep interrupting you. I apologize. No, no, go, no, go, no, go ahead and speak. Speak. Uh, speak your your mind. No, I'm just gonna, coming from somebody who is in this industry and has been in this industry for a long time. Um, uh, as because this is going to sound like boys' club, comic shop guy, and it's not meant to be that way. But like, I know this source material, mm -hmm. and this movie is so steeped in the source material that for a second there, I wasn't so one hundred percent convinced it was a demon bear so much as it was Shadow King. Yeah. I thought we had some Shadow King stuff going on. I'm, I'm not exactly sure that we still don't because yeah. uh, with the whole Essex thing and everything, like you know, the, all this stuff works hand in hand from the original stories back in the day. It the does. whole point of Essex was to perfect mutant genes and uh, experiment with them. That's true. That's exactly what we had here. You know. Well, also remember that this movie was part of a three movie set that was opening the door for Essex. We had Logan. We had New Mutants and we had uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Yep. That all three of those dealed with Essex, which never played out. We never got we never got the final shot of John Hamm as Mr. Sinister, which should have should have happened. This movie was this movie could have been the crossover that was needed for bringing mutants into the MCU. The, mm -hmm. That's what should have happened. Because you had because you have a young cast that can still grow with the company. Yep, that can really work them out, and you have a possibility of introducing more team members and team people in there. Uh, my only, my only two nitpicks, again, besides the character, the cast of characters that they had, um, I think the whole Rain Danny Moonstar thing. I kind of this is where this is where they should have brought in Karma, and have her character come in there. Because okay. I know, I know Karma and Moon and uh, Moonstar have the connection. They ha they have the relationship. Not not a uh, Rain. Rain kind of is her own. Like she's the technically the lone wolf. She's essentially the lone wolf. Yes, <laughs> of the uh, of the uh, the group. So and then my my other gripe is that they made Ileana seem like this like complete and total badass. But then when that bear shows up, she gets mollywopped. She starts getting mollywopped. Yeah. And, you know, it's not that, you know, okay, this is a bigger threat. Because she does hold her own, but it kind of like they nerfed her midway battle, I felt like. 
Yeah. And she's supposed and and out of all the people there, her and Cannibal are the two biggest and most powerful mutants. Cannibal's right. indestructible when he's in his form. He cannot be hurt. He cannot be killed. It's only whenever he turns his power off that he gets hurt. And then Ileana essentially goes to hell and can teleport. So it was interesting. Kind of wish they would have uh, made a mention of her brother here or like at least once in the movie, Seriously. but they didn't do it. But other than that, I really liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I really didn't get more people coming off of other than only way I can chalk that up is that they just didn't know the source material. And yeah, they didn't. I think what we're accustomed to as moviegoers, especially when it comes to these comic uh, crossover MCU big big picture big picture story things. Yeah, uh, we want the low hanging fruit. We want the easy digestible story that is spoon fed to us. Yes, um, a lot of these movies, and understandably so, I, I get why they do it. They just don't trust the viewer like a lot of comics yeah. also have this problem nowadays where you're not giving the viewer or the reader enough credit to put two and two together without having to spoon feed it to us yeah. here comes the plot device incoming plane well, you know well, okay let me ask you this question then when when uh, like okay say like a new marvel movie comes out there's always the blockbuster marvel movie that comes out or a blockbuster movie that comes out and some publishers will release a comic book tie-in how many people or how many how much of the comic book, or how many of the comic tie-ins are get actually get sold versus don't get sold? You know, I can tell you honestly it's 50-50. Okay. Um and it's usually people that already know the story. Yeah. Uh I, I'd like to sit here and tell you that comic shops have or comic shops have uh flourished uh, like beyond measure because of comic book movies, and to mm-hmm. a degree they have really done well i mean yeah the existence of this mcu stuff and all this has definitely not hurt the comic book industry mm-hmm. so nothing would help it but like to your point when it comes to these movie preview uh times yeah um it's the guys that know the stuff it's just they're getting it because they, they like the characters it, yeah. it, it's a book they didn't have on their pool and it was on the wall and we have the regular cover and a variant and we have the okay. one ten variant so it's just they want you know yeah, we're, as comic fans, we're especially comic readers, we're completionists. Yeah. So, like, if you're a, a a reader who reads Iron Man and you read the Avengers, whenever these Iron Man movie tie-ins come out, you're like, "Well, I gotta get it." Yeah. You know. So yeah, I understand. Yeah, I think what's what's really cool though is that uh, that that they're doing them. But well, I think it, you know, it kind of goes. But I'm sorry. I think it kind of goes about what we said last time. How I think yeah. previews, trailers put out too much. Yes, they, they do. And yeah, they I do. have a hard time. I, I would have a hard time anybody disagreeing with me because they give the whole movie away. What they do? You, what's they the do? Point? They do. They don't trust uh, the viewer. I know for comic book tie-ins, just from my own experience. The last superhero movie comic book tie-in that I bought was for Amazing Spider-Man Two, where it, where they explained how you got the new how you got the new costume. Well, the old okay. co- the old costume with the basketball texture got torn up in like a like a airplane turbine or a, some kind of turbine engine, and he had oh, okay. he had to make his new costume, which was more, which is pretty much the most comic book accurate costume Spider-Man has ever had, from mm-hmm. the eyes to the webbing to the pattern. It's probably the most comic book accurate 
Now the last comic book or the last comic book tie-in that I got was uh, the Pacific Rim comic book tie-in for part two. And that was it. And that was, and again, I mostly get these movie book, these movie tie-ins because I love the character and I love the franchise. I have the trick or treat comic book tie-in. I have the Pacific Rims. I have the Godzilla's, which I do need to get. I need to talk to you about Godzilla and Kong uh, later on uh, okay. because I do need to get those traits. But these comic book tie-ins uh, are, I wonder if they're selling or not. I'm, I'm just really curious if people come in and buy enough of them to justify the material of them knowing about it. Uh, you know, I don't think people are, I, I think what, if, if I'm understanding what you're asking is, is, is the preview tie-in prepping people for the, the, the material in the movie is what you're asking, basically. Yeah, and enough people are buying them to know that information. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, because at the end of the day, uh, and this is a, a gripe that's been going around recently with the comic shops, is that Marvel, especially Marvel, is not capitalizing on big storylines from movies and just in the comic books period by putting mm-hmm. out reprinting trades. Yes. I, we yeah. sell so much trade. Dude, okay, Invincible. We cannot I can imagine keep, Invincible. I can imagine we cannot, that. We cannot keep Invincible trades on the shelf. We can't. Not, mm-hmm. not not just the trades, the hundred and some odd dollar hard co- slip uh, slipcase hardcovers, the freaking sixty dollar uh, uh, com- uh, omnibus compendiums, forget it. Like people, money is not an object, man. They're doing it. It's crazy. Okay. Well, yeah, I know that uh, Walk even Walking Dead, the trades when the show first came out, the trades were just you couldn't find any of them, and when you found a trade, even a compendium. It was either the resale value was skyrocketingly high, or mm-hmm. sold out. Either you didn't really have any options for that. And I remember uh, going into a Half Price Books, and they had the first, I believe, five volumes of the Walking Dead trade. And retail, they're like think thirteen dollars retail. Well, Half Price Books were selling them at thirty five each. Thirty five each for the first five, and that's that. That's just that's. The demand for half them. Price my ace. <laughs> the half price wasn't being very half price, but uh, I just remember like everybody was going crazy for Walking Dead, yeah. and I had issue number one up until the ending of or midway through the second season. So, like trade number one or like issue one? Issue number one. You sold it. Please tell me. You yes, sold it. I sold okay. it. As I said, <laughs> I had I had the first fifty-two issues. Oh my so, god! I bet you got a nice little chunk of change for that. I was able to buy a PS3 <laughs> that I used a few times. Nice. So, yeah, um, really and truly, uh, it's it's kind of hit or miss in regards to whether or not um, trades and and like uh, preview books and stuff like that are doing justice to. The, the viewership for the stuff that's coming out. Um, oddly enough, it's so weird because like you're putting out like a, a, a Spider-Man movie or whatever, and we're not getting any new printings of trades, but yet again, Shang-Chi is about to come out and we're, we're getting inundated with Shang-Chi stuff uh, in, in the previews for us to, to order. And the, well, I think the only reason for that is, is going back to what you said about new mutants, like nobody knows the source material. No. I'll be honest with you. I am not well versed in Shang-Chi. 
<laughs> like people have been coming in like, hey, who's this Shang-Chi guy? I'm like, the master of Kung Fu? I, I know a little bit of Shang-Chi. <laughs> I know a little bit of Shang-Chi mainly because of his ties with Iron Fist here and there. Yes. So, and, and I'm, a, I'm a big Iron Fist fan. And uh, he would, because they're both karate, let, let's just put they're both martial arts fighters and they would have crossovers here and there. But Iron Fist got the cage connection while Shang-Chi kind of did his own thing. But uh, Shang-Chi has always, he's always kind of been in the background. I know when I was reading Spider-Man, he was in there helping train Peter Parker to be like a martial artist, the way of the spider fight style with Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in, I think, Blade to help train too. So he was always sort of like a, like a background character that ultimately he needed more of a limelight. He really needed a revamp for villains and for just everything. And I think this will, I think this is a good opportunity. He's getting the Ant-Man opportunity to, you know, spread his, you know, popularity to, to really show his story to the world and to not to get too political or anything like that. This is catering to more of the minority superhero group. You know, this will be, this will be a, I think they said like it's predominantly Asian cast mm-hmm. with Asian lead and it could be a fun movie. It could be a very fun movie. I think it's wonderful, man. I, yeah. I'm excited to watch it. Cause I I'm, I'm going in with the blind optimism that everybody else <laughs> is going in with because yeah. I literally only have basic base, base knowledge. I know that he's tied in with the Mandarin at certain points. I know he's tied in, like you said, with he, Iron. He Set. is for the MC. He is, he is for the MCU, not in the comic books, but he is for the MCU. We'll see. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Like I, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm again, just learn. You know? Yeah. Again, I only know Shang-Chi just because of his ties with Iron Fist and how they presented him. Every, I, I would have it. I would get an issue every so often of Shang-Chi. And I remember, I think he was once rebranded or rebooted as like a pit fighter, like a street fight, like a, like a Ryu type street fighter. Huh, then they okay. rebranded him as like, you know, uh, you know, like a, Warrior, the like the warrior of New York type of thing, you know, of Chinatown. Like Bruce Lee, Kung Fu, yeah, walking around kicking people's ass thing. Pretty much, pretty much. Like, and then, and then I've also read read with or I've seen stuff. I don't know if it's sure or not, but apparently, Fin Fang Foom is in this movie too as the Guardian. So they're like finally, like introducing that character in this movie. That is a task and a half, I'd imagine. I but. Yeah, I, I don't know if they're doing it correctly or if this is sure or not. I hope it's false because that character is a big beast of a character and I don't want to see that one just kind of watered down for essentially just, you know, a sidekick. Yeah, dude, one of his literal nicknames is he, he whose back scratches the sun. I mean, I, 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 from what so... I've seen, from the toys I've seen, the Guardian looks like Falcor. I'm not gonna lie. It just looks like Falcor. It looks like a Falcor that got skinned, like yes. the skin of rabbit. Yes. It looks so, ugly, but we'll see. I'm not, like I said, I'm cautiously, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, but but also, have they released any new war, uh, new mutant, not new warriors, but any new mutant trades recently? Have they like re-released any? No, so, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's odd. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and and that I think that's what kind of helped me. I think that's what it kind of help make this movie bomb a little bit more is because there's no re-release source material. 
And, and that think, would have I really think, helped yeah. out. I think New Mutants kind of got caught in that uh, that transition shuffle too, which I think it didn't help its case. Yeah. I think it really, I mean, it literally was put on the back burner. So I think when it came down to them wanting to yeah. go and pr- reprint, you know, the original trades, twenty thousand copies of something, they probably yeah, didn't see the win-win situation. Yeah. Yeah, back burner reshoots because they because you could tell where the reshoots happen. Mm-hmm. Because I'll just say this: the guy who plays Sam, who plays Cannonball, in one scene he's very clean shaven, the next scene he's got like a five o'clock shadow. Scene after that, he's clean shaven again. This guy went through puberty, probably on set when they were re- refilming everything, and, and he did a great job. The, the accent yeah. was really good; mm-hmm. uh, it was really good. Uh, Maisie Williams, uh, her uh, Irish accent was it was tolerable. <laughs> it was tolerable. Yeah, passable. It, yeah, it, it was passable. And in, it's, a, it's uh, a shame that Sam Guthrie's hair wasn't a, a white, uh, white guy, flat, flat top, blonde, <laughs> flat top situation. He didn't have that Brian Pillman mullet. Nope. <laughs> it's a shame. So, yeah. Uh, but also, kind of jumping from that movie to the to the next movie. The movie that literally came out today. Uh, mm. Everybody's been talking about it. They've been showing commercials for it. In fact, we got, depending on who you talk to, we either got one of the best matches of the year or one of the worst matches of the year <laughs> at WrestleMania Backlash because of the cross-promotion. And... This was Army of the Dead. This was okay. No, no, no. Wait, I read that wrong. This was Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Yeah, you have to put Zack Snyder's in front of it. He 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 has that in his contract for a few movies that I've I've started researching. That it's Zack Snyder's and then the movie title. So what does that imply, Aaron? What tell tell our listeners when you when you have Zack Snyder's enter the whatever the name of the movie is here, what are you in store for? You are in st- okay. Uh, <laughs> I okay. I, I'm trying to start this off where I don't sound like I'm hating the guy, but I'm also not sounding like I'm praising the guy. I like horror movies. That's no secret. I lo- I love them. They're 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 my jam. So my first introduction to Zack Snyder's work was the remake of Dawn of the Dead. At the time, all I knew was it was his movie. And that was it. So I didn't know that uh, he had other people writing the movie for him and ha- you know, had other people doing stuff for him on the side. So I saw, I saw Dawn of the Dead remake. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yep. I, you know, it was, it was a good movie. So yeah, I liked it. Then I jump into another one of his movies. I get Watchmen. I, then you have, you have 300, you have sucker punch and you start getting, you start seeing these tropes. You start seeing his, his checklist of things and we can kind of go off, you know, I'll say this, uh, JJ Abrams, Lens flare. You know you're watching the J.J. Abrams movie if there's lens flares everywhere. That's his thing. Michael Bay movie. Explosions, explosions, explosions. Panoramic, you know, 360 camera work, slow motion. Michael Bay. Robot testicles. And robot testicles if uh, it's a Transformers movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because, you, because, you, because you have to have that. <laughs> You definitely have to have that in there. That's something that, you know, it's millions of dollars to have somebody like a team of guys. Can pretty, pretty, pretty much. So. Yeah, you have to have, yeah. You have to have, you have to have those things in there. Uh, 
to uh, make it a Michael Bay movie. Now, with Zack Snyder, now with Zack Snyder, you have to have several things that uh, you know make his movie. And if you watch his movies, you notice it enough. He does slow motion. He does shots that pan around that show nature or show uh, shots of motion. Doesn't have to do anything with the movie. He chooses a soundtrack that doesn't fit what he's trying to do, but he's trying to break tense. And lately, he's got... Uh, he's... Hold on one second. Sure. Okay, sorry about that. There you go. And most recently, he's done things where he like blurs the screen, focuses, blurs the screen, focuses, and does that. It's just it's it's like he's putting an Instagram filter on the camera, and it's annoying. It's annoying. Yes. It takes away it takes away from the story. It, it it really takes away from the story. So it it's frustrating. So getting to Army of the Dead. This movie starts off <laughs> with slow motion. It starts off <laughs> trying to be like Zombie Land, but failing. Please tell me Metallica's playing. Da, da, no. da, da, da. It's, not, it's not Metallica, it's Elvis. Megadeth, oh my god. Elvis? No, Elvis. It starts off, it starts off with and Elvis. A little less conversation, a little more action, please. Mm-mm-mm. I forget the song now. That I try to block it out. Oh, man. Go ahead. Sorry. I try to block it out. Uh, it, 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 like, it starts off like he's trying to remake. You remember? You, okay, you saw Donna Dead remake, right? Of course. Okay, remember the montage scenery with the the Richard Cheese song? Oh yeah, Down in Sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. They, yeah, tr- they try to do the same thing with Elvis. Oh. God. They, they try to do the same thing with Elvis, uh, with an opening shot of Las Vegas and things that are happening, and it feels out of place. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, this movie has a lot of bad CGI. I'm just going to put it up front. A lot of bad CGI. In about six or seven years, this movie is not going to age well at all. It will not be viewed upon as aging very well. Will it go the way of like uh, Tron Legacy or something like that? Uh, Like become real noticeable. You remember the first Mortal Kombat movie? Oh, that bad? with, With Reptile? Oh, don't say it's that. gonna it's gonna be like that. I, I'm just gonna say this: mm. that the, there is a CGI tiger in this movie, that zombie tiger, that is not going to age well. Oh my god! Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, so you have Batista. WWE Batista is the main character in this movie. He apparently he turned down a role in James Gunn's Suicide Squad to be in this movie. So, uh, it. It just, ah, it's hard to describe. Dave Batista, you chose yeah. poorly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the movie, okay. 
I, I got to do grading. It's because it's hard to describe this movie without giving a lot away. And I know that you want you haven't seen it yet. You want to see it. Oh, no, I've seen the trailer. I know that a band of people who are probably military slash paramilitary have to make it through Las Vegas, apparently. And in trying to get across Las Vegas, happen to come across an organized kingdom of zombies that are track stars and will have none of it. You are you are 30 percent right. Oh, okay. You're 30 percent right. You're 30 percent right. Uh, the premise I'll of the movie uh, is that Las Vegas is quarantined off from the rest of the world. It is full of zombies. Batista and his crew are going into said quarantine area to go to a, a vault and a hotel to get stuff out of it to bring back to the person paying them to do it. Okay. And along the way, they run into sophisticated and layered, or not layered, but like level tiered zombies. So, and it's their way of going, getting to point A to point B back to point A. And because of it, because it's, because it's uh, Zack Snyder, plot holes are all over the place. They are all over the place. Uh, this is where he needs a proofreader. Instead of having his wife or instead of having his, like his good friends be his team, he needs to have somebody who actually does the proofreading, not just be a yes man. So, a uh, lot of problems. The movie itself is okay. I'm not going to bash on the movie. The movie itself is okay. It's just a lot of nitpicking scenery and things that happen that make the movie annoying. And these are the Zack Snyder isms. There are the, the, the focus, the blur and focus camera transitions. Annoying. It takes you out of the movie. You're, you're watching the scene. It's becoming like, a, like an emotional scene. And he starts doing that stupid focal point transition, which is stupid. Doesn't need to happen. Doesn't need to happen. Uh, the action and the gore are great. He, he does a lot of good practical effects. A lot of good practical effects. There are Easter eggs in this movie that happen all over the place. Like you have a scene out of uh, uh, Return of Living Dead Part Two. You know the head, with the, you know the, the the head part. Mm -hmm. That plays a role. That happens what? in this movie. Yes, okay. happens in this movie. You have uh, a few other scenes from like you know uh, uh, his Dawn his Dawn of the Dead remake. There, there's some cameos or just some little things that happen in there. Some some character tropes that he likes to bring in. Like a security guard with a baseball hat that's kind of a, a, a dickish character. That's a trope that he always likes to put in things. Of course, there's, always, there's, of course. there's always that trope that he likes to have. It's in, it's in this movie. Uh, Batista, if you're a wrestling fan, he does his Batista kicks. Where he like, where like he's wrestling. Where he kind of pulls his leg a little bit and jiggles and then kicks him. He oh does that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, the other big nitpick I have is the zombies do a lot of Spider-Man like moves, like poses, like kind of like jumping down. It's like you're watching Spider-Verse with zombie form. It's they got their hand thing. down like this and they're like, Hoo! yes, and yes. they kick their arm out like this. <gasps> yes. And, okay. and they knew Ruto run. All these zombies, Naruto run. Naruto runs. Yes. The, uh, you have Naruto running zombies. This review is giving me the Naruto <laughs> runs. <laughs> I wish it would. This movie was. That's a t shirt for you. <laughs> this review is giving me the Naruto runs. Quote, poop shoot, <laughs> Peter Panini. 
It, it definitely, it definitely does that. Oh my uh, god! But basically, if they were to change the title of this movie from Army of the Dead, I'm sorry, from Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead to uh, Zack Snyder's Dead Rising, this would be a better uh. movie. This would be a better movie because that is exactly what this movie is. You have Dead Rising mixed in with Dead, the game Dead Island, set in the land of the dead from George Romero. So as far as it being, as far as it's being original, yes and no, he borrowed a lot from other genres, but at the same time, a lot of parts were fun. A lot of parts were pretty cool to see. They, they stole us. They, they basically stole a scene out of train Busan with the, the hibernating zombies or, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like uh, frozen zombies type thing okay. that people had to get around. A lot of sh- a lot of calls, a lot of uh, inspiration. I'm using inspiration with quotes, inspirations from other movies, but he he just ripped them off, you know. And 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 probably in about six years we'll have a Snyder cut of this movie too <laughs> to fix all of that. To fix all of that. But shade. I mean, yeah, it's not shade <laughs> if it's truth. No, but, I mean. True. But I mean, I'll give this, I'll give this a five and a half out of 10. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, I mean honestly, I would give it, I would give it a seven and a half or an eight if it didn't have the blur effect, the blur transitions, and it didn't have like the Spider-Man zombies, like them all doing the pose, them all new rooter running. That, that wasn't funny. That wasn't cool. That wasn't unique. That was just an annoyance. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I gave it a five and a half out of ten. I here's don't hate my, it. Uh, yeah, here's my fr insight to this movie that I have yet to see. <laughs> I can tell you that I feel, myself mm-hmm. included, that most of us are going to go into anything Zack Snyder does jaded before we see the first single frame. Yes, because we're so used to his tropes, like. You know, if yeah. you were going to a Johnny Depp movie, if you went into a Tim Burton movie and Johnny Depp wasn't in it, or Helen uh, Bottom Carter, right? Like I, I think Big Fish was like one of the one of the few examples of a movie that did not have Johnny Depp in it that yeah. Tim Burton directed. So I think what we're kind of like conditioned with now that we're used to what this guy does is that we know what to expect. And so in our in, in the back of our mind, we're hoping that he's going to impress us with something different. Yeah, but. When he when he lets us down, as we think we as we're you know programmed to think he's going to do, we're like, oh, of course, you know what I mean. So you're yeah. you're justified in how you feel, but I also think that given what you've seen from what he's done in the past, you're pre pre programmed to feel this way. Yeah, I mean, it's like with Tarantino. With Tarantino, like when he does a movie, you know you're going to get dialogue, you know you're going to get monologuing, you know you're going to get like you know speeches and all these other things that make the Tarantino movies what they are. First, you'll get Sam Jackson, then you'll get a monologue, and then you'll get like the, tw- the, the twist ending, because that's what Tarantino does. There are certain things that you have to do. And to justify Snyder's work as, well, he's not winning an Oscar award. Well, no movie really wins Oscar awards. It, you know, that's what they are. <laughs> no I movie mean, that anybody sees wins Oscars. The movies that nobody's seen are the ones that win Oscars. But go yeah. On. So <laughs> using that as an excuse to justify his work, it, 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 that, that doesn't really, I, I don't, I don't get that. I really don't get that. And 
I know people right now are still like, you know, changing pants after the Justice League Snyder cut because everybody loves that movie. It's compared to what they did in the past with the last movie. Yes, I can agree. The Snyder cut is a better movie, but you could also cut an hour and a half out of it by getting rid of all the slow motion scenes. <laughs> you, you can do that by getting rid of all of that. So you know, the irony real quick, I'm sorry. The irony would be that, you know, uh, Zack Snyder's favorite song is slow motion by juvenile. And you know what? I use that. Anytime somebody brought up the Snyder cut, when that first came out, I put the music video there. I was like, Hey, here's the soundtrack for a Zack Snyder. It's the slow motion uh, song. And you know, what's really funny. The, the, the second bit of irony being, this is probably going to be, uh, I'm literally joking when I say this, but, for a man who uses a lot of slow motion in his videos, I bet he's a, he's a one, quick one-hitter quitter in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> he's overcompensating. He probably is. He, he's he, like, if he, I can't he, take my time here, I'll take my time here. He he, he probably is. Yeah, he's, he's probably a minute man. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I and again, I don't hate all of his work. He just needs a better team of writers and a team of producers that can work with him to make him better. Yeah, and, fine tuning. Yeah, just fine tuning. I think that, I, like another example, you know, like with uh, with Rob Zombie, I love Rob Zombie's music. I hate his movies. His movies are mostly all terrible, with the exception of like maybe three. Yeah, everybody's an inbred, drunk, drugged up redneck hillbilly. Beaten hillbilly, yeah. That that tells nothing but dick and fart jokes. Hellbilly, Billy, Hell Billy Deluxe. And, and his wife is the main star. All of them. His wife is the main star. I have watched that woman age. Well, so has the heroine. <laughs> oh, the heroine. <laughs> but but with Zombie, he needs he needs somebody to write better dialogue for him. He needs someone to really proofread his dialogue because his dialogue is horrendous. It is terrible. I mean, it's just I can't get through the, I, like, you know, when I first saw House of Thousand Corpses, I was like, oh, this is, this is great. This is different. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Devil's Rejects. Okay. This is good. I, this is a crime movie now. It's like, a, it's like a, you know, like a, uh, kind of like a true crime type of story. Very yeah. well done. I get it. That's great. Halloween remake. Okay. This is different. I'm enjoying it. I'm liking it. Okay. okay. Halloween 2. <laughs> why is his wife in there she doesn't belong in this movie she died why is she in this one to bring in the white horse Cocaine, lords of salem son lords of salem why <laughs> i tried i tried with that movie man i just couldn't i even read the book i even read the lords of salem book that he wrote and and to be honest that whole book is 200 and something pages of a love letter for his wife to get him, give him a blowjob. That's really all it is, because he because he because he, de, he devotes at least four full pages of of her doing that to somebody else. Twice. One could argue, one could argue that's a power twice, move. Twice in that book, this man went and got a book published with that in there with nationwide distribution. <laughs> So of for the them, though, I bet this is very romantic. But yeah, uh, of the character that his wife is playing to give oral fixation to a character that he was supposed to play in the movie. 
So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But with, and, and again, he, he, Rob Zombie just needs a better dialogue writer. And he needs somebody to come in there and tell him, okay, Rob, you've, you've hit your hillbilly quota for the day for cast. We, we, we can't yeah. add any more. Let's hire some good actors now. Let's hire some good actors now. So he, he, he needs, he needs like a good team to help him, you know, make a better product. And that just goes back to, to Snyder with, again, he needs a team to go in there and tell him, you know, Hey, this isn't going to work well. Let's pose the question to Twitter. See what they say. Cause you love doing that to make a better justice league movie. Let's do this and see what happens. So, yeah, it, yeah, I didn't mean to rant on for all, all that, but that's what we do, sir. Yeah, I know. Whether good, bad, or indifferent, the internet's <laughs> just gonna have to learn to deal with it. I'm sorry, yeah. it's who we is. It is, but but yeah, the, but yeah. If if he was if he was to call this Zack Snyder's Dead Rising, this would be a better movie. Okay, this well, would be a better movie, and and if you've played the games, any of them. This would probably go off more of, I think, the third game, like a combination of the first and third game. Okay. So, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's fun. Uh, am I going to watch this again? Probably not. Uh, will he try to milk this for the, him being like this greatest movie since Dawn of the Dead remake? Probably so. But all the Snyder writers out there, I hate to tell y'all, but Snyder writers, it's it's this is a C plus movie at best. The ride won't last forever. Not even if you put it in slow motion, it will not last forever. <laughs> it's it's not going to last. You know, so. I'm going to I'm going to end up watching it tonight uh, while I'm working and stuff later on this <laughs> evening, and uh, uh, you know, we'll see how yeah. it goes. We'll see so. how it goes. Yeah, there's that, uh, and you know, just it, you know, just watch it for yourself, and then you know, next week that'll be your homework. Watch that, okay. and then you can give your thoughts on it because I want to hear your thoughts after you see it to see maybe okay. I'm wrong, maybe I'm just spoiled on good independent movies <laughs> like you know, Train to Busan or yeah. uh, uh, Soul Station stuff like that. Maybe I'm wrong. But this was just overhyped, commercialized, dead rising movie. Yeah. With a with a non witty random soundtrack that tried to play into James, the James Gunn style of soundtracks, but failed. Oh man! Okay. Yeah, he really tried to do a Guardians of the Galaxy style soundtrack, and it just did not work out. Uh, you know, I'm uh, just out of morbid curiosity. I'm definitely going to put it on tonight. I I, I have to see. Just you know, <laughs> it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. You gotta you gotta see the deal is. Yeah. Now, one thing is the, before I've watched this movie, I've learned a, a few things about uh, uh, Netflix and James Gunn. Yes. Both of these sons of guns have too much money and too much time. Wait, James Gunn or I'm sorry, not James Gunn, Scott Snyder. Ryder. I apologize. Oh, yeah. Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder? Jesus, Zach I Snyder. am the comic guy. <laughs> I'm getting all the Snyder writer something or another. Zack Ryder? Uh, 
Zack Snyder. Scott Snyder is a writer. Scott Snyder, 33 in the third percent. <laughs> Zach Ryder, Scott Snyder, uh, <laughs> cigarette lighter. Uh, look, okay, who the hell are we talking? Scott Snyder. God dang it, Zach, Zach Snyder. Snyder. Jesus, I don't even know where the hell I was going with this at this point. Um, but yes, Zach Snyder and mm-hmm. Netflix both have too much money and too much time. Pretty because much. they've got. This this has got and you said there's a three movie deal for Zack Snyder with Netflix. I think right? so. I think he's got a three movie deal with them. Netflix, you got too much money. You don't have to be <laughs> smart to be rich. Well, that's why they keep up in the price of Netflix a month. Do you mm. remember when Netflix was only seven dollars a month? Yeah, many many moons ago. Yeah, many. It'll never that, be that, that was when I first that was when I first uh, downloaded the app and sold like and at the time sold half my movie collection to jump to Netflix and then like. A few weeks later, they like, oh, here's what we're losing this month, but here's what we're gaining. I'm like, wait a minute. I just sold that movie off. That was one of my favorite movies. So, Bastards. Yeah. And yeah, so to prove my point, uh, Zombies and WWE. Um, for, for those who don't know, if you don't follow wrestling, the Cliff Notes is that to promote Army of the Dead, <laughs> they literally had zombie lumberjacks lumberjacks is lumberjack matches when you have a bunch of wrestlers on the outside of a wrestling ring to basically enforce that the wrestlers who are wrestling in the match inside the ring stay in the ring yes if you get thrown out of the ring you get your ass kicked and you get thrown back in the ring now instead of a bunch of wrestlers around the ring we had a vincent price thriller moment uh the funk of 40,000 years creatures crawl from every tomb and like there was people crawl there were zombies crawling over the barrier out from under okay that's another thing the zombie came from out from underneath the announce table so you yeah. mean to tell me that there was a zombie down there with michael cole or whoever the art aardvark or whatever that guy's name is and um Corey Corey graves, graves. And it wasn't Carmella. Yeah. So who knows what that zombie was eating down under that table. <laughs> My whole point is it was stupid. And I don't give a shit. I'm sorry. I don't give a crap. Earmuffs, kids. <laughs> I don't care. If you're such a loyalist and apologist for WWE that you think my opinion's stupid when it comes to the fact that I watch zombies lumberjack a wrestling match. And not only did I watch that, I watched them presumably eat and devour two wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? The next week, one wrestler, MIA, shooting his freaking TV show with his wife and whatever. Well, he's injured. Other... Oh, is he's that injured. what it is? Yeah, he tore oh. an ACL. Okay. Well, I have a torn heart and a torn <laughs> brain from having to deal with this. So that that that's another thing, and then the other quote unquote eight up wrestler shows up on wrestling next week, just fine. <laughs> it's escapism, people. Yeah, I go from the 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 day to day grind. At this point, I don't even know what the hell I even watch Raw or SmackDown. Because but, he, because if you don't watch it, you'll never know when it starts getting good. 
you know what? You're exactly right. That is why I keep bothering because <laughs> the, the the week I don't watch yep. is the same week that Vince either dies or gets his head on straight. Yep. And they figure out the formula, which is not a hard formula to figure out. Quit it's insulting not. your watchers. It's not a okay? hard formula to figure out. And it's you know, easy. get somebody who can keep up with the storytelling. That's the whole point of this is to tell stories. And there's no consistency in the storytelling. It's Ever. for entertainment. It's for you you want to be entertained. And if you're not entertained, I am not they're not doing the job right. They are up in no, they are not doing this job correctly. Do you know who's got too much money? Vince McMahon. Yeah, Vince, yeah, Vince he needs to retire. He just needs to let his son take over. Jesus, go back to Ireland, have a potato soup, and leave us alone. I know I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just saying, like, he's <laughs> McMahon. That's why I said that. But my point is... If the borders aren't closed. Right. No, yeah. but, like, God, dude. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that I meme feel- where I showed the picture of Vince saying, uh, from when they did the Attitude Era, we think it's insulting your intelligence by giving you bad TV or whatever. And then right below that is a picture of the zombies in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What I find annoying is people defending that match and blatantly start saying how bad, like, the AEW Mimosa match was or the AEW or anything basically with the AEW, how bad that was, while defending the zombie match because they're loyalists to WWE. And it's, I, I don't, I, 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 yeah, th- like this is jumping to another topic. Yeah, I, I hate wrestling fans. <laughs> I, I really hate them. Do uh, not get me sharted. Don't get me sharted. Yeah, don't get me sharted. I'm going to shard on this whole entire thing here in a minute. The Black T shirt Mafia, who, which I am a card carrying member of, yes, is some of the most fickle, mm-hmm. apologetic apologists I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Next to Star Wars fans, no offense, Star Wars fans, but some of you people are insane. Oh my god! With Star Wars fans, Star Wars fans is like they need a trophy for how much knowledge they have of Star Wars. Yeah. Did and, you know that? Did you know the old movies had so many people that wrote and directed and have ownership in those movies? Yeah. Did you know that? Because I sure yeah. as hell didn't. Yeah. Apparently it happens. And and uh, yeah, I, I I'm trying to prep Gwen because she's she loves Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I told her, I said, and I've, I've told her before, I was like, you know, if somebody tells you their opinion of Star Wars, don't get mad or upset. Just say, okay. And just leave it at that. You know, yeah, just talk exactly. about something else. Exactly. Because I'm, cause she, again, she loves Star Wars. She, she's like, gob- she's like, you know, gobbling up everything that she can knowledge base. She's got the books. She's got the novels. She's watching the shows, all of that. And, but I have to warn her, the fandom is, well, some enjoy it. There's a lot of toxic people in that fandom, and with the wrestling, there's so many toxic people. Oh like, my god! It's like you, you you can't just enjoy. You have to pick a side, and the annoying people who can't see past WWE, uh, it's 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 they're 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 just they're they're doofuses. They're a bunch of doofuses. <laughs> yeah, they're very low. They're a very vocal crowd. And they you are. can't tell them no different. So they it's are. like, whatever, dude. Live, live yeah. in your bubble and, and just revel in your misery. Yeah. There's well, one half of fans y'all don't even have to deal with. I'm a woman who watches wrestling. Wait, what'd she say? 
she's uh, the, the there's a problem we're not dealing with is the fact that she's a woman who watches wrestling, which is a whole nother barrel of monkeys. You know those um, don't exist. Calm down. <laughs> those don't exist. Who had to disguise herself at Comic Palooza to get one of them to leave her alone? I have no idea what you're talking about. That didn't happen. <laughs> that that didn't happen. I don't have no idea. I do not recall. Dude, the, the we we'd have to do a whole another episode. <laughs> we'd have to do a, a podcast series on the boys, the incel boys club, and the problems therein. But who oh, has oh, the, the time? Or, that in the Houston, uh, what's it called? The Houston cleaner. Oh my god! <laughs> that rapey omega. Yeah. The only thing that guy's cleaned up is his stomach. When he never mind, never mind whatever, nah. it's fine. We're, we're not going to go there. <laughs> so <laughs> leave it at that. Okay, so you know. Okay, so. Jumping to the next thing, uh, we gave each other homework last week about yes. f- uh, fantasy casting, fantasy bookings, and uh, for me, it was to fantasy cast uh, the an, an Annihilation Wave show, movie, something of Annihilation Wave, and you were given Age of Apocalypse because you know that you said that's your favorite. Oh yeah. So uh, I'll go first with my Annihilation Wave. And I'm doing a two-part movie. This this will be a two-part movie because okay. of all the characters that are involved who are technically not in MCU currently. They're not in there. Okay. So it's, it's, it's quite a few people. So first off, uh, for my fantasy casting, I got to have a director, right? I got to have somebody who's got to bring this thing to life. So I'm going to go with William Eubank. Probably have never heard William of him. Eubank. No. I never heard of him. But he made a movie recently that is very well done on a tight budget with a good cast. He did the, he did the movie Underwater with uh, uh, the girl from uh, the girl from Twilight, and the girl she was in a oh. Kirsten Stewart Stewart Kristen Stewart yes Her. yes. But he did a movie called Underwater. He did another movie called The Signal, which is really good, and this guy is able to write things in with detail. And deal with not only small scale things, but also things on a larger scale in the background, which I think plays well into Annihilation Wave. Hmm. So he, he's going to be the director, William Eubank. So I got to have my cast of characters, right? I'm going to start off with Quasar. I got to have, you know, I got to have like, you know, the good looking guy who's kind of a doofus. He's got to have that long flowing mullet. And, you know, just like the, a, a kind of relatable guy. I'm going to go with Zac Efron for Quasar. Okay. I, th- I really I think, thought you were about to say, no. I thought you were about to say Owen Wilson. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, Owen's already in a, he's in Loki. He's going to be oh, in the Loki right, show. Yeah. I was like, at least Quantum Bands. Wow. Yes. That's and funny. then. Uh, That's awesome. So, you know, along with my cast, you know, because these are all space characters. You got some space characters. So, uh, Nova Squad member Richard Ryder. This is he's he's going to be the main character of this show. He's going to be the main character, and I chose somebody who can play both awkward, but also can be cold and callous. And he he's already played a superhero before, in a failed series or in a failed series, but I'm bringing him back because I think he fits the role of Richard Ryder. He could fit it out really good. I'm going with Andrew Garfield. Oh, I like it. Andrew Garfield is Richard Ryder. I think 
he's young enough, or I'll take it back, he looks young enough, and I think he'll bring in like the awkwardness of being someone who has to carry the weight of his entire uh, like protector, brethren, you know, the Nova Corps on his shoulders. Because he has to, he's a commander. Yep. So it's uh, Andrew Garfield. Awesome. But you got to have Sam Alexander in there too, because you got to have the youth. You got to have Nova Sam Alexander. And I'm going with uh, Aiden Gallagher. Don't know who Aiden Gallagher is? He is no. number five from Umbrella Academy. Oh, the boy the from Umbrella kid. Academy. So yeah. I think he'd be a great Sam Alexander. He would, yeah. I think he'd do an amazing job with that. He, like, he, he would talk back. He wouldn't listen. Sam, uh, Sam Alexander would be the Anakin to Richard Ryder's Obi-Wan. And I think that would really work well. That's a good kind of fitting for those two pair. And then you add Quay, then he had Doofy Quasar in there. You know, he's kind of like, you know, missing a few bricks. And it, it'll just work out. It'll just work out. So then you have Philovel, you know, uh, the original Captain Marvel's daughter, mm-hmm. uh, one of his one of his children, one of his offspring. And I wanted her to be my tank of the movie. She's going to be one of the powerful people. The badass. And the badass. But she has to be physically imposing, too. She okay. can't just be a random woman that you grit. She has to be imposing. So I'm going with like the 6'3 Gwendolyn Christie from <gasps> Game of Thrones. That's Philovel. Yes, I can already see it. And she perfectly. can keep her accent. She can keep yeah. the accent. I think that adds oh. to the character. Oh, if there's one thing we've learned from space films, there's nothing more space and <laughs> nothing more <laughs> uh, deep solar system alien related than uh, a British accent. Pretty yeah. much, pretty much so. So, with that, like, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have side characters too. You gotta have some side characters. Those would be the main four. You know, Philovel, Quasar, okay. Nova, Nova. Those are the main four. We had side characters. So first up, I'm going to go Battery Bill. He was teased oh. in Ragnarok. He was he, he he was hinted at in other things with Stormbreaker. Well, we can't do we can't do you know a guy dressed as a horse. So you know it's, he's going to be no. CGI'd. But the voice, yeah. it's all about the voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bring in Lawrence Fishburne for voice Battery Bill. Dude, yeah. Anytime I think Lawrence Fishburne, I think The Matrix. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think of like, uh, you know, take the red pill and see how far the rabbit <laughs> hole goes. I can see where he could do that. Or yeah. what is it? Uh, Mushi. <laughs> well, I wanted to have somebody who has like a deep, soothing voice. Sure. But could all, but could also sound uh, very Shakespearean. Yes. And perfect. I think he could do that. Because, you know, he's got that same kind of uh, speaking style as Thor. He's mm-hmm. got the same style. So i got to bring in next side character that's going to cameo here and there, but won't be a main focus. Super Scroll. Got to have a Super Scroll. That's another voice, truly. Another voice, yes. And I'm, probably, I'm picking one of the most famous voice actors of the 90s. And a little bit into the millennium. I'm going with Keith David. As Super Scroll, Goliath, yes, that's Spawn, perfect. Army commercials, <laughs> Army commercials, Franks and Beans, lots of documentaries on Netflix. Yes, Super Scroll, <laughs> because I, I I just I hear his voice when I think Super Scroll, 
outside of Marvel versus Capcom three, when I think of Super Scroll, I think of Keith David for some reason. The voice. Got to do that. Uh, next up, this character was introduced in Annihilation, and for the longest time he's been gone for a while, but he was recently brought back for Venom. So I'm going to go with the character Wraith, who Ooh, is yeah. an unknown but could play a major character down the down the road. And because whenever he was introduced, he was essentially a space biker. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing in Charlie Hunnan as Wraith. Perfect, dude. Yes. Charlie Hunnan is, as Wraith. And for, okay, so that there's that. For the villain, it's an Eyeless. There, there, there's no getting around it. It's an Eyeless. It's always an Eyeless. But All I'm right. doing something different for this. I'm going to gender swap. So it's not Annihilus the man, it's Annihilus the female. And I, the reason why I'm doing this is because one idea I had, which they tried to do in the comics, which didn't really make sense for that character, was that whenever Annihilus gets killed off, another egg hatches and another Annihilus pops up. But for a male, but you know, for a male character, that doesn't really to me that doesn't make sense. So I'm going the Mothra route, I'm going the Xenomorph Queen route to where uh Annihilus, every so often she lays an egg. She she kind of like uh like mind transfers her memories and everything to that egg. And as soon as she dies, the egg hatches with with the memories from the moment that she laid the egg. That way Annihilus can keep getting reborn. You know, so there's always that threat of Annihilus out there, always that threat. And for the character, this will be a mixture of live action as well as voiceover, but I'm gonna go with Moira O'Hara. And she's the maid from American Horror Story. The crazy maid. Oh, yeah. So, I, and again, I, I did the gender swap because I wanted to have her be more of like a cross between the brood queen and uh, a xenomorph queen. To where she just lays eggs. She builds up the army. She does that. She's the insectoid from the negative zone. And she becomes like just a bigger threat. You know, just through... Uh, infestation. That. I dig it. Yeah. And as a surprise cameo for this movie, because you always got to have the surprise, I'm going to bring in Silver Surfer. Being voiced by Alan Tudyk. Oh, God. Yeah, that dude. What can he what can't he do? <laughs> so uh, originally I was going to say Nathan Fillion, but after listening to both voices, Nathan Fillion is getting a little older now. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the same youthful, energetic voice that he used to have. Right. And you can kind of see that when you, if you watch Santa, Santa Clarita Diet, he doesn't have that youthful in his voice, that youth voiceful anymore. He, it's more older. It sounds older. It sounds kind of wispier. Alan Tudyk sounds full of energy. He is full of energy with his, with, with his voice work. So I'm going to go with him for Silver Surfer. And that will be my fantasy booking. That would be for cast, sick dude. So, the, would this be a movie or a series? Two part movie. Two part movie. I dig it. Two part movie. First he part was... of the movie is all the heroes coming together. You know, them battling at them battling ha- or them having different battles at different planets or in space sections. Trying to figure out what the hell. Trying to figure out on. what's going on. Trying to figure. Trying to find survivors. Trying to figure out how to beat Annihilus. Uh, doing all of that. And essentially, I would start the movie off with, if it was my way, 
with Rocket being the surviving member of the Guardians calling out for help. And okay. Ryder answering the call and getting thrown in the battle. And then just, awesome. and just snowballs from there. That'd be sick, man. I love it. That's awesome. So that, that's, cool. that's my fantasy casting. Okay. Okay. I love it, man. That's, that's, <laughs> that's you, you, uh, took a very legitimate, realistic route. Yes. I tried to. And I praise you for that. I, now, I try to make it somewhat believable if I could. Yes. Yes. When we, when we said we talked about fantasy booking, I literally mm-hmm. did that. I <laughs> fantasy booked this thing for my Age of Apocalypse. I'm going to say this would have to be, I'd say it'd be a two movie. No, 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 no. no. Six episode Disney Plus series. Okay. 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 So, uh, this is a late edition. I didn't think about putting directors <laughs> in this thing, uh-huh. uh, but since you laid down the, uh, the the groundwork there, uh, this is a very famous director. She's directed a lot of stuff over the years. Uh, a lot of responsible for a lot of good, bad, or depending how you look at it passable storytelling and her name is kayfabe <laughs> kayfabe kayfabe she's uh she keeps it kind of real kind of not uh you never know what she's gonna do so you know she's kind of hard to understand wait, wait. sometimes wait 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 so who's her writer paul smackage paul smackage is the catering guy he's catering he's ahead of catering if you don't uh you don't um, follow the rules in the catering uh, tent. Ooh, let me tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna come down there to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll you up. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm small on Paul Smackage. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna roll you up. Gonna smack that ass. I'm gonna Paul smack that ass. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, Kayfabe will be my director for this uh, six ish uh, six episode miniseries. Yes. What I'm basing this casting off of, if you are into comics at all, you probably already know what this book is. Uh, when they when they started the Age of Apocalypse storyline back in the mid '90s, when yep. they did this in the comics in Marvel, they started off with a kickoff issue called X Men Alpha. Yes. So, uh, those who are not in your car driving or doing something that's dangerous behind a wheel. If you're at home or on your phone at work and you're not supposed to be back there looking at your phone and you're still doing it because you're a rebel, I pre- I applaud you for mm-hmm. going your own way. But you can look on your phone and look up X-Men Alpha number one. You'll see this image for the cover. The characters I'm about to list off are on that cover. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, first I got to ask because I did read Age of Apocalypse growing up. I, I did read all of that. And... One thing I do, one thing that's different between Annihilation Wave and X Men Age of Apocalypse was Annihilation Wave had four books a month. You had each, like, you know, you had Guardians, you had Wraith, Super Scroll, and Silver Surfer were the books which led into Annihilation Wave. And Annihilation Mm -hmm. Wave was a five part series, I think. I want to say five part, maybe more. I don't, I don't remember. But uh, it was all, it wasn't a lot. Now, with Age of Apocalypse, you had like six or seven different titles <laughs> yeah. going on with that. So, are you looking to condense? Or are you looking to... 
what cover we're doing everything here, or uh what we're doing here uh if i'm in the uh head of disney uh mcu creative here if i'm the kevin feige of the situation i'm telling everybody <laughs> look uh this six episode miniseries is going to be based around this these core characters okay. uh we're testing the market we're going to put our uh proverbial toe in the water since we've acquired everything from fox we have the mm-hmm. Uh, all the toys in the toy box to play with. We're going to go ahead and we took our chances with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'd like to say it paid off for us. So we're going to do that again, <laughs> but we're, we're going to do it on uh, on crack cocaine, <laughs> and we're going to amp everything up to eleven. Is this directing? That's right. It'll, it'll be <laughs> our. Uh, we're going to need a Green Goblin truck. We're going to need. <laughs> we're going to need uh, a bunch of like random toasters and microwaves to start attacking people. No, look. Okay. <laughs> and again, this is fantasy book. This will never happen because I'm not I'm not entirely sure all these people are still alive. Maybe they are. I'm not sure. You know what? Hold on. <laughs> Everyone on my list is still alive. So okay. I guess in, in, in theory this could feasibly happen. Okay. Okay. So those are those are along who are playing at home. Um you might have to do a little research on this, but I'm going to start off with Sabretooth. And if you're familiar with Sabretooth, he's the arch nemesis for a long time of one Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch any of these X-Men movies, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, in the Age of Apocalypse, all the characters are kind of turned on their ear. They're not necessarily who they were in the regular Marvel Universe. Uh, so all your preconceived notions of these characters are going to go out the window. Yes. And the this casting will definitely help that. So, <laughs> uh, in the role of Sabretooth, I'm going to go back and I'm going to fix it. I'm going to I'm going to fix something that should have been fixed at Spider-Man Three. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to cast Brock Lesnar as my Sabretooth. Oh wow! Okay, I can, I can sort of see it because. The Sabretooth for, for a Age of Apocalypse was a beefier one. He wasn't lean and tall, but he was like a beefier uh, designed character. So, I, okay, I can see that. This man was a mountain of beef. And if we're talking about a mountain of beef, we're talking about Brock Lesnar. That's true. And no, you don't need to have acting chops. No one's going to win any <laughs> Oscars for this at all. So Zack Snyder's directing this movie? No, we're going to speed through this thing. This is not going to be, <laughs> you know, every episode is going to be three hours long. Okay. So Brock Lesnar is going to be my saber tooth. In the Age of Apocalypse, uh, there was a character who appeared in Alpha Flight. Uh, he was a part of Alpha Flight at one point. Uh, and they brought him back kind of out of obscurity for Age of Apocalypse. You had to be, you had to deep dive on some of the uh, the Alpha Flight Wolverine stories back in the day to really know who the hell this character is. Uh, Wild Child. If mm-hmm. you're looking at your X-Men Alpha cover, he's the character that's sitting on the back of Sabretooth. He's basically a weapon ten, weapon X, however you want to call it. Uh, he's basically an offshoot of that. Yeah, he's he was like his sort of like semi pet slash brother or yeah, something like that. Something like that, like like little kid brother pet type thing. Yeah, I remember him being like uh, like I hate using the word pet, but he was chained up to a saber tooth, or saber tooth had him chained. Yes, he was. Uh, he was the. Uh, he was the attack dog. Yeah, there you attack dog. The, the hellhound, if yes. you will. Um, Wild Child is going to be played by Darby Allen. 
AEW superstar wrestler. Huh. Okay. Because we're talking about somebody who's small, athletic, and has a certain aura about him that I think would work for Wild Child. If you can imagine Darby Allen with long, stringy hair, big fingernails, a pissed off look on his face, and a chain around his neck, I think you could see Wild Child potentially. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely see that. So, so far we're batting a thousand. <laughs> uh, okay, I, think, I think this next one's going to be okay. We might go off the rails. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Colossus. If you're familiar with the X-Men, you know who uh, Peter Rasputin is. He is uh, uh, Colossus. I mean, the man <laughs> the man of metal. Yes. Okay. Uh, so far, I think my casting has been based in realism. Uh-huh. We're not relying too heavily on CG. This is the first time we're re- relying on computer graphics to help us on this. Okay. But Colossus uh, is stuck in his metal form in Age of Apocalypse. He doesn't get to change. Mm-hmm. He's stuck this way. Uh, I want to have one uh, Miro, AEW superstar, to voice Colossus. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm starting to see a theme with uh, your casting for this. Hold on, let, let me let me jump ahead of you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I would say you're. I would almost say you're right. I only have one more wrestler. In okay, my okay, okay, okay. Just, just. I, I I can see the I can see the I can see the the comparison or the uh, the connection right there. I gotta stick to what I know. Okay. Right. <laughs> so so far we've taken three chances here on people that not many who go to movies are gonna know. You have to be a wrestling fan to understand this casting here. But if you're a fan of franchise television built around a star that's familiar and marketable. And you're gonna like my casting for Jubilee. Jubilee okay. will be played by Millie Bobby Brown. I'm okay. blind casting. I'm blind casting here. This is okay. A no, 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 no. I, I, no. I can see that. I can see that casting. Um, I'm just gonna say this right away because uh, before <laughs> before we have fans say no, um, usually Jubilee mm-hmm. is of Asian descent. Mm-hmm. Millie Bobby Brown is not. No, she's not. Okay, just no. throwing it out there and just letting you know. That's why I was throwing out the blind castings. That way everybody knows. Okay. As the Kevin Feige of this joint <laughs> and the money I spent on this ish, I need okay. my money back. Okay. And so I know this girl is attached to successful things. I'm, I'm surprised that you put her as that character and not as another member from that universe, from that uh, comic series. Who 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 were you thinking she should be? Well, mind abilities from Stranger Things. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, but hear me out. We'll get to that here actually okay. pretty okay. quickly. Yeah. Okay. Um, our next casted member of this uh, extravaganza is going to be Weapon <laughs> X, Wolverine himself. Okay. Um. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm going to have Henry Cavill play Weapon X. Wolverine. You're going ha- to have 6'3", 230-pound Henry Cavill play Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> Before you cast judgment from your throne of Annihilation Wave, <laughs> need I remind you that our previous Wolverine was a toe-tapping, singing and dancing, 
Broadway Aussie, uh-huh. who's every bit of six foot three himself. So I don't want to hear about my muscle bound Henry Cavill playing Wolverine. <laughs> on Broadway. I'm, who's hating on Broadway? I, I, I'm just I'm just gonna say this. Henry Cavill is taller than Brock Lesnar. So your Wolverine will be taller than Sabretooth. He's the boy from Oz. I'm I'm Kevin Feige. So Sabretooth cannot call Wolverine runt anymore. I has the money. There you <laughs> go. I has the control. Okay. And, I, I'm just, oh, I'm, just I'm just throwing that out there. Second unit director. <laughs> Second unit director, Peter Jackson. <laughs> so we're not worried about height at all. Okay, okay, they're gimly. Okay. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, there. What else you got there, Slick? Huh? My, just, my 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 director of photography and my second uh director f- uh for all the ish I have to yeah <laughs> so thank you okay. very much okay no I'm just okay. I'm, I'm pointing out <laughs> I'm pointing out things that other people are gonna say you're you're speaking on behalf of the internet and I get that I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of the jaded and self entitled comic book fan that wants to be right about everything and to be non apologetic. You know those people don't exist. Are you crazy? Look, so... They, <laughs> they, my... they exist in every form I have seen. <laughs> Weapon X. Wolverine. Just go to IGN on Facebook and look in the comments. They're always there. <laughs> I think one is called Rami from Three Beers and a Mic. He is always in there being negative. Ooh, it just got real shady up in this podcast, sir. Yeah. It's a lot of salt from the nachos. My Phoenix slash Jean Grey slash love interest of Weapon X in this series. Okay. It's going to be played by, and I'm blanking on her real name. I I don't know why I can't remember this. Um, The actress who played Rey in Star Wars. Uh, Daisy Ridley. uh, Daisy Ridley, yes. She's she's going to be my Weapon X, or she's going to be my Jean Grey. She'll be your Jean Grey. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I mean, you, okay. You, you know, you give her the right haircut. You put her. You know, what I mean, like, okay. I almost want to challenge you to take these people if you in your spare <laughs> time, and I want you to give uh, give our uh, followers who follow our Facebook page a bit uh-huh. of visual reference if you have time, if you feel so inclined to, you know, get my vision. I'm gonna need you to write all these down that way I can just quickly Photoshop like a little map after this. I will. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. I have it written on my yellow pad right here. <laughs> okay. Um, Quicksilver is okay. a big part of the Age of Apocalypse. Now, uh, before you before you na- na- name it, this will be the third Quicksilver <laughs> that equals Mephisto. So, third Quicksilver, Mephisto. Conspiracy theory. Cue the X Files music. Uh, my Quicksilver. Quicksilver is the son of Magneto. Yes, as most of us know. Currently, I, I think so. Currently, because they keep flip flopping back and forth. As far as comics are concerned, he's the son of Magneto. Okay. Um, we also know Magneto is a lot of things. What he's not is a spring chicken. Mm-hmm. That's an old ass man. He, 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 he is very old. Yeah. So his son, Quicksilver, 
I'm going to pull somebody uh, that Connie Palooza is giving us. I'm going to use Mark Paul Gossler as my Quicksilver. <laughs> okay. Zach Morris is the is the Quicksilver. I want my Quicksilver to be trash. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, I think it's it's not unheard of. No, it, it, it'll definitely work. It'll definitely work for Quicksilver. He's a jerk. Zach Morris is a jerk. It fits. Yep, exactly. It definitely fits. So, now, listen, I am calling back to, <laughs> I am calling back to uh, one, one of the few things, one of the few saving graces that is universally loved and appreciated about the original X-Men movies, my Nightcrawler. Alan Cumming is going to come back as Nightcrawler. Really? Yep. Alan Cumming? Yes. Not, not the character from uh, uh, Apocalypse. No. Okay. I mean, are you in disagreement that Alan Cumming was not one of the most appreciated things about that movie? I think he was a very um, kind of older and more hermited Nightcrawler. But I think that the kid who played Nightcrawler in X-Men Apocalypse was better because he was more awkward and more scared of society as a whole. This is the age of apocalypse. Nightcrawler mm -hmm. leads his own team Excalibre. He does. He, he definitely he is a does. sword slashing pirate teleporting German <laughs> acrobat blue devil monster. You know who else is the blue devil? You know who else is the blue devil? Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, Crazy Carl says that there's a blue devil that lives in the woods. Of Green Hill. Oh my god. I, I need to go back and watch the movie. I actually enjoyed that movie. It was really good. So that's my Nightcrawler. Okay. Alan We're bringing him back because also what the hell is he working on right now? So um, my next my next casting is going to be Sunfire. Okay. Those who are not familiar with Sunfire, Sunfire skews Asian as well. Now, did I steer away from that with Jubilee? I did. Because I need, <laughs> I need money. Look at my teeth. I need money. That's a that's a how high reference, by the way. I think you know that though. I do. Okay. I, I thought you were about to get some Paul Wall grills up in there. <laughs> Candy paint dripping. No, okay, look. Sunfire. I'm going to go to the more recent um well, and I don't know his name, unfortunately. The actor who plays Shang Chi. Let's just have him go in and play. Sunfire. So you went and double dip Marvel. This is on Disney Plus. <laughs> this is on Disney Plus. <laughs> the, there's no way in hell they're going to take Age of Apocalypse and tie it into what's going on with the MCU. Now, of course, now that I've said that and put that into the existence, they're going to prove me wrong. And I'm going to look like an idiot. And that's fine. So, so, uh, so uh, I, th I think he's played by Simi Liu. Semi-Lu. Semu-Lu. Semu-Lu. Okay. And, and this is me just taking a chance. I mean... <laughs> okay. As Kevin, right. as quasi-Kevin Feige, I took a chance on him once with Shang-Chi. Okay. I want to dip in my own well. I'm going to go back again. All right. So, that's my that's my uh, Sunfire. Blink. Blink okay. is a cool character. I really enjoyed just her visual, just the way she was designed was super awesome 
I really enjoyed that. And then plus her power is cool. Um, I'm going to have to cast my only other wrestler for this role. And I've worked with her before on the Mandalorian. I'm having Sasha Banks play Blink. Sasha Banks play Blink. Okay. Yep. See, si, senor. Pink hair. Backstabber. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, I think I think she would do well as Blink. Okay. Uh, I, I, I can see her as Blink just because of the colored hair. She's she's really good. She's really good with coloring her hair. Uh, she wears it well. She does. She does. I can kind of see that. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Uh, Magneto. This is a big one for this show. Okay. Even if, even if you, I mean, we've talked about some heavy hitters in this lineup so far, but uh, if you're familiar with X-Men, you know who this character is. And uh, I'm going to go a little different here. Again, okay. this is blind casting. I need strong performance. I need buzz. I need money. <laughs> I'm going with Pedro Pascal as my Magneto. The Mandalorian. Oh, I, I know who Pedro Pascal is. Okay, okay. I know who he is. I, I'm trying to see uh, a connection to uh, uh, Magneto. Shave, shave, the mu- shave the silly mustache off. Okay. Dye his hair white and push it back along with the ponytail sticking out of the helmet. Okay. That could you be need, a good you call. Need a commanding, you need a commanding leader. This guy can command a room. I've seen him, you know, carrying okay. Star Wars on his back. Okay. So that's why I'm going with through that. Uh, Rogue, his love interest. Um, I'm going to go with actress Tony Collette as Rogue. Now, Tony Collette, okay, which, okay, which current Tony Collette, or you're going to go back in time? That's a good question. And yes, we're going to go back in time a little bit. <laughs> because she looked, she looked old in, in uh, Krampus, and that came out like five, six years ago. Yeah. And she looked pretty old in that movie. <laughs> when, I, when I wrote this down, I had six cents Tony Collette in mind. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that's where we're going to go. But then again, also... I'm Kevin Feige. I have money. You have money. Okay. I will Benjamin Button out this woman. And she will look as young as hell. As young as I want her to look. Okay. By golly. <laughs> so I'm looking at the poster and you've got two people left. Three people left. You got three yes. people left on the poster. That is correct, sir. Um, this one is probably the weirdest one so far. Oh, you <laughs> mean besides you know you mean besides uh returning old Alan Cumming for Nightcrawler? And and uh, and eleven as as Jubilee. Can you imagine when this? Okay, if this really happened and this 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 casting list dropped on the internet, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, to quote Eric Bischoff, controversy creates cash. Everybody, everybody <laughs> will tune into this series. Okay. By by announcing this, they will have spiked. Disney Plus uh, subscriptions by like three hundred percent. Spite. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and <laughs> this one might be the weirdest one in my opinion, 
but I just want to do it because I want to give the guys some damn work outside of directing episodes of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I want Fred Savage to play Gambit. Fred, <laughs> wait, Fred Savage. Yeah. Dude, I am Kevin Feige. I am rich. I'm eccentric. I answer to nobody. And if I told Fred Savage, hey, man, I'm going to pay you a bunch of zeros to come play Gambit. Guess who's going to come play Gambit? Fred, Fred Savage. Savage, right? You know, Wonder yeah. Years, Fred Savage. Yeah. But I'm thinking Awesome Powers, uh, mole, 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 mole. Kevin Arnold. Yes. Fred Savage. Yes. To play Gambit. Yes. To play Ladies Man Gambit. No, not Princess Bride, Fred Savage. <laughs> Just let it simmer. Let it simmer. You know. You're going to have to nuke that chicken. <laughs> Deep fry it with a can of beer, but butt. Oh, my God. I would say air fry, but that's what his hair looks like. Oh, come on. Come off okay. it, mate. No. I got the money. I'll no, make no, it happen. It's, again, this is fantasy booking. This was, this was your own work. So. Okay. All Fred right. Savage. Never question me again. Okay, now. Oh, I'm <laughs> do that right now. <laughs> what? I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm messing with him. I'm having a go at him, Mike. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I just found the title for this episode. Keep what? it Fred Savage. <laughs> it's, it's, you can call this episode a lot of things. I can promise you that. Uh, Bishop. Okay. I feel very confident in my Bishop casting here. Uh, this man who stays very busy in Hollywood. Um, Tank Abbott? Rolls. Yes, I want three count Tank Abbott to play Bishop <laughs> for me. I want him to come out with his big stupid beer belly and his stupid gloves with no fingers on him and I want him to <laughs> sing about being Gambit. <laughs> he's got a shiv. It could work. Isn't he, isn't he dead? No, he's alive. He's still alive. Really? Only his fight career is dead. Oh, okay. Well, that, that I've, I'm genuinely shocked by that. That he's still alive. <laughs> he's still alive. Um, yeah. No. Bishop, uh, again, I need money. I spent a lot on the series. The catering alone. I had Fajita Pete's come out for like six months and cater this thing. It is not cheap. So <laughs> I'm taking a water swig right now <laughs> to get to get ready for this answer. Shout out to Fajita Pete's. Okay, um, Bishop will be played by one. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! Wow, it will be played by Idris Elba. Okay, that that's that's a good choice. That's yeah. he's not Fred Savage, but that's a good choice. <laughs> but it's a Savage cast, though. Okay. Okay. And you have one character left. I have one character left. One main character left. The reason this whole thing is coming together. Some would say he's kind of important to this whole entire thing. His name is in the title. (laughs) He's, yeah, he's kind of instrumental in this whole entire thing. Uh, We're going to have to cast Apocalypse. And um, this character, Apocalypse, has been played before. Um, I like the actor. What was his name? He played uh, Poe Dameron? Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, who's also playing Moon Knight. And who also played Miguel uh, Spider-Man 2099 in uh, Spider-Verse. 
Are we having two consecutive episodes where we've mentioned yeah. Oscar Isaac? Yes, we, yes, we are. We mentioned hey, everybody, last welcome week. to the Oscar Isaac podcast. I am your host, Chris Warmer, with your co-host, <laughs> Undisputed Aaron. Oh, so we, we moved on from... All things Oscar Isaac. We moved on from toys to Oscar Isaac. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I, uh, I'm going to... I'm going to call back to our friends at Sam Crow. We talked about Sam Crow. We talked about um, talked about your favorite show, The Mayans. Yep. Um, we, I'm going to talk about a character actor that I know can pull this off. Okay. I'm going with Ron Perlman. It's my apocalypse. He's got the voice. He has the voice. And you literally, even if it's digital, uh-huh. you literally, your digital model can be built off this man's face. This man has one of the most iconic jaw lines you've ever seen in your life. He's got a very hardened face. Yes. He's, he's got a very hardened face. Yes. Yeah, you know how you can see Josh Bolin in, in Thanos? Yeah. You'd be able to see Ron Perlman in Apocalypse. Okay. That Because if you think about Apocalypse, if you're familiar with the character in the comics, he has uh-huh. these lines that make up his, his lips, and they come off the lips, and they define... This jawline situation to these ear, kind of like my headphones, has these things on the side of his head. It's a whole thing. Yeah. I really feel like Ron Perlman would bring the gravitas of the, only the strong survive. I could see him doing that. To this movie. I could definitely see him role. doing that. He would kill this role. And this would not be a physically demanding role at all. This man is 176 years old. The whole thing is, <laughs> I need rights to his face and his voice. Yeah, we're gonna scan him in. He'll spend three days in, in Skywalker Ranch recording his lines or whatever the hell it is, and he's gone. Okay, that's it. And that would be that would be the kickoff series. I'm confident in saying this is the kickoff miniseries to a line of Age of Apocalypse. Okay. Shows. Now, will you have any surprise cameos or any surprise guest starring? Because you just picked the poster, but will there be any surprises? Because there are characters that are in that series that. Uh, have become fan favorites for a better term of uh, of who they of who they are. It sounds to me like you have somebody in mind that you'd want to have in the show. No, 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 no. I'm just well. I'm just asking because there are well, two I mean, characters favorites, right? Well, no, well, no. There are two characters that I know have become fan favorites due to Age of Apocalypse, who have appeared outside of Age of Apocalypse into the Mar- the main Marvel six one six. Are we talking about Nate Gray? Are we talking about Dark Beast? Yeah. I'm talking about yeah. I'm talking about Nate Gray, the X Man. Okay. Okay. Uh, wasn't thinking about Dark Beast, but uh, yeah, I, I can see Dark Beast. Were you thinking about the Sugar Man? No, Holocaust. Ooh, Holocaust. Okay, okay. Well, I'll tell you what then. Um, <laughs> I want you. Hold on. No, 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 no. I want to hear your input on this. Like, I'm putting your feet to the fire. Who do you think would be these three characters? Like, if you could cast those three for me, if you were my third director and uh, you're shooting at the Honduras location for these little uh, after credit scenes with these guys and them teasing the next miniseries, who are you picking for these characters? For for the for these uh, for these three characters, for Nate Gray, for- Dark Beast, and Holocaust. So for Dark Beast. Uh, I'm gonna have to go somebody who sounds, who not only sounds smart but but can pull off that kind of more eloquent uh, voice because essentially Beast is you, you got a guy who either wears a lot of makeup and sounds 
eloquent, or B, you've got total CGI with just a voiceover. Dude, this bar is set so high. I know X Men Three is panned as a horrible movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But is. Kelsey Grammer, in my mind, killed the role of Beast. Oh yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, I was about to say Kelsey Grammer. That's who you bring back for Beast. Yeah, that's, that's who I'm going to bring back for Beast. It's okay, Kelsey that's fair. That's fair. Uh, amen to that. That guy, again, that was one of the saving graces of the third movie was the fact they brought him in as a, as Beast. I loved that. I was blown away at his, like, the makeup did not, like, mm-hmm. even the makeup didn't take me away. Like, him, him playing yep. the character, knowing who that guy is and how he carries himself was completely engaging for me uh, as, as Beast. So I, I would imagine if you take him, and make him an evil beast. Come on, easy yep. money, easy money. Uh, I, I, as quasi Kevin Fe- Kevin Feige, am pleased with hiring you for this uh, for this role with my uh, my company. Uh, I'd love to hear more. What else you got, kid? So for uh, so for X Men for Nate Gray, uh, I'm gonna go uh, with uh, Scott Eastwood for uh, X Men. <gasps> Holy cannoli! I didn't even think about him. I haven't thought about him. Like the last thing I saw him in was Suicide Squad. Yep, he was just like a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's wicked, dude! I bet he would do a great job with that. I think he'd do a really good job as X Man. Oh, so shit. yeah, okay. yeah, definitely Nick Gray. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, Scotty Swift for him. Yeah, and then for Holocaust. Ooh, which oh. is another CG monster. And see, the thing is with Holocaust is that Holocaust has that that. In the comics, he's got that battle throwdown with uh, Sabretooth, where they mm-hmm. have that that huge fight. Uh, yep. Which it's it's it starts off good, but then it just becomes, you know, Sabretooth getting his ass because his butt kicked. Yeah, quite a bit. So <laughs> we're, I gotta we're have a PG thirteen ready. You can say ass. Yeah. Oh, did I say it one too many times? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne might get mad as he's editing this. Oh. <laughs> Uh, or you get annoyed, um, but for Holocaust, uh, you, you got to have somebody big. Okay. You got to his his voice has to be his voice has to sound terrifying, but also has to, you know, show loyalty to a degree. Okay. So, I'm I'm going to dip into your wrestling world, um, and I'm going to pull out uh, a person who is known for semi being terrifying because of his gigantic size. Uh, I'm going to go Braun Strowman with that cast because he's tall, he's big and he has that, he, he can have a thunderous voice. And so if he's yelling at Sabretooth, you know, he's got to have that now as a bonus character, uh, sugar man, Ooh. I'm going to go back with somebody who's used to being in a fat suit. Somebody <laughs> who did a fat suit for a while. Okay. John Leguizamo. <gasps> a sugar man. Dude, you know what, though? Yeah, I, I, I love that. And you're right. He does have some pretty, uh, uh, depending on who you ask, uh, <laughs> movie-carrying fat suit chops. But... um. I would the reason Sugar Man is like literally all face and not yes. in a wrestling term, but as literally just a giant <laughs> head, Modoc style to call back to the earlier conversation. Um, you gonna patent Oswald? Yeah, you can almost patent Oswald. I mean, like, 
did you, I'm quasi Kevin Feige. I <laughs> need money. No, uh, I really feel like you would literally just scan his face in. Yeah. And just distort the distort his face facial features yeah. and like have him do like video capture for this. Okay. And so have a little arm sticking off the side. Yeah. They have like the little the tongue and everything, the CGI like venom tongue and all that. That'd be so, so good. Okay. So to be fair, since I added three characters to your movie, if you want to add somebody to mine with your own fantasy casting, who would you add? Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I may mention this last time when we assigned this homework to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cosmo. If, if I remember correctly, yeah, he was a part of Annihilation, wasn't he? Even a, even a little bit? He he was mostly based on nowhere. He was kind of like their guy in the chair. Right, but he was in, right? He he, he helped out by telling where to go. So okay. he was like the micro the, to their Punisher or their... Uh, right. uh, uh, not Genki, but uh, Ned to his Spider-Man. So he was like the guy in the chair telling him where to go. Okay. Okay. Don, do you want to use the same dog that was in Guardians? Yeah. Let's, uh, why not? Tie it okay. together. We've already spent the money on the CG dog. <laughs> it's on a flash drive. Let's just <laughs> blow the dust off the flash drive and plug it back in and throw some animation on it. Okay. Um, he uh, com- he communicates through his mind. Yes. That's his whole thing. He's a Russian yes. cosmonaut puppy dog. Yes. So we need a Russian uh, voice. Yes. Which makes it difficult because my default would be Miro, but he's already... Wait. <gasps> I'm double dipping. No. No, 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 no. Miro doesn't have that distinct... Uh, so This has got to be a smart Russian dog. This is not yes. a dumb, muscle-bound Russian dog. Um, man... Oh, I don't know the actor's name, but he played Lucifer in Constantine. I haven't seen Constantine, so I wouldn't know. Oh, God. Can you Google it real quick? Lucifer, Constantine. Lucifer and Constantine? Yeah. I can't. Once you see his face, you're like, oh, God, he's in all these things. I hope everybody's enjoying this dead air. Sorry. This this dead air. I can't believe my dog is barking when I'm trying to record a podcast. Come on, Lucifer Constantine Wiki. Carmela goes, oh, dogs, huh? Oh, oh, that guy. Yes. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Peter Stormare. Yes, I think he would do well. He was also in John Wick. That's right. That's he, was right. Also, he, he was a Russian character in John Wick. Yeah. So, so I mean, okay. if you remember, if you can, you know, drum up his voice in your in your yeah, and your ma 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 head movies. <laughs> okay, okay. So I think I think uh, that would be awesome. Um, I know it's been so long since I've read the F uh, read the uh, Annihilation Wave. Wasn't the Fantastic Four tied into that too? No, they were not. No, nope. Who am I missing here? I left out the Guardians because the Guardians came together for Annihilation. And you had Captain Universe. You had Vance Astro. You had Bug. Oh, did you have, did you have old uh, old Guardians like Martin X and nope. probably 37 and stuff? This was the Abnett landing. Carmella. No, uh, no, no. You didn't have any of the – he didn't have any – I didn't add any of those Guardians 
mainly because I kind of wanted to keep a good random group going. Okay. But yeah, yeah, Vance Astro, uh, he was in there. Uh, Captain Universe, which I just said, Bug, uh, Diamond. No, Diamond Head was in uh, Guardians too. Yeah. Yeah, most of those classic guys were in were in Guardians too. That's right. And that's Starhawk, right. Stark was there too. Okay, you know what? I like Bug. I think we'll go with Bug. Mm-hmm. Bug would be a good one. Um, huh. And see, if I was going to do Bug, I would have Alan Tudyk do him, but he's already doing Surfer. Right. <laughs> um, crap. Think, 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 think. And remember, the guy is also going to be able to do the stutter or like the tick, the the uh, the tick 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 sound. Oh, that's right. God. It's almost like I almost want to hear him with his voice, like have almost like a little bit, like you know, kind of kind of silly. That can work. And if I mean, I know. You know two... Hold on, I'm pulling a Sean gun. I will be bugged. <laughs> You're gonna be bug. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I'll do it. We spent all this money on casting. And we have no more money to get people. I will be the motion capture guy, and I Wait, will voice the bug. <laughs> Sorry, not gonna. Okay, is that are you anybody else, or is that it? Um, Vance Astro would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Vance Astro would would be digital too, wouldn't he? No, he could be a guy. He could be a guy in a suit, because eventually Vance Astro is just space Captain America. Right, right. I was gonna say, um, let's go with okay. You know, uh, the the kid that played the werewolf in uh, Taylor Lautner. Okay, because you gotta have a handsome, built person to play that character. You do. You definitely do. So, and what's what's Taylor Lautner doing? Nothing. And as far as I'm, as far as I know, I don't think he's doing anything right now either. Come get this Disney money. <laughs> he needs it. Yep, exactly. I think these are pretty good castings, man. Uh, you know, for those of you listening and you want to chime in, if you're pissed at these castings or you want to add to these castings or. Tell us that we're completely insane. Feel free to chime in on the comments or whatever platform you're on. Of course, follow us on Facebook if you're not already doing that. And we will post this, uh, my yellow pad. Uh, or if you think you could do better, then. Oh, yeah. Please, please by all means. Pl- please chime in with Look, your two cents. And I think if we, if it, I don't know if we mentioned it in the last episode, I think we did. This, this is a callback to the Wizard Magazine uh, fantasy casting. Remember? Yes. Yeah, I remember that we don't get these anymore. And there's so many personalities in, in pop culture that we could pull from for stuff like this. Yeah. So as I'm, I was writing this list down, I thought to myself, this is a ridiculous list, <laughs> but the more it I is. think about it, it's not that it's not doable. It's just ridiculous. It is. Remember the lead singer of mouse rat became star Lord. Emmett, the Lego figure became star Lord. That's right. Everything is awesome <laughs> for Chris Pratt. So none of this is impossible. I don't mm-hmm. see. I mean, Fred Savage. Fred, okay, I was just about to say that. Look, 
Fred Savage that would call him a year in advance and say, hey, man, you're going to play Gambit. I bet you Fred Savage would work out and change his diet, grow his hair out as much as possible, I, go to New Orleans for six months, try to pick up a Cajun accent. I, I'm a little surprised they went with Fred Savage for Gambit instead of Channing Tatum, the guy who was about to play Gambit. That ship sailed, man. I heard about that for eight years and I lost interest. Who but, gives this, you know, like he wasn't going to, it wasn't going to, uh, obviously the rest of Hollywood yeah. disagreed or else okay. it wouldn't happen. Okay. You know, uh, you know, Worm Wiggler was supposed to play Gambit and didn't play him. So, <laughs> yeah. okay. You know, okay. What about you? Like if you, if you could cast Gambit in my movie, who would you put? I finally give it to Channing Tatum. <laughs> you would finally give him. I his finally give it to Channing Tatum. They'd be like, hey, finally, here you go. Calling up, hey Magic Mike, come on, man, we're going to have you come play a coon ass for us. I mean, if you think about it, Channing Tatum would probably bring the crawfish and you know, and the and the the corn and everything. As the Kevin Feige of this movie, who has uh, <laughs> Cajun blood, uh, I would wholeheartedly accept his uh, uh, Creole dowry. <laughs> To be and, and, movie, and, so and even more so, you think Channing Tatum would bring up like gourmet edition booty and balls to set because he loves that Cajun life. I will be the judge of how good these booty and balls and are. And he speaks French too. Uh, he, he's better than Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh my God. I enjoyed that, man. I think that was great. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was a lot of fun. That was definitely a lot of fun. So yeah, the homework. Yeah, that that was definitely a lot of homework. And I think out of my casting, the 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 hardest one was was casting Richard Ryder. And I went back between Andrew Garfield, and for a second there, I wanted to get Tobey Maguire. I wanted to get one of the Spider Men in, in there. Uh, and I was like, ah, but Andrew feels more Ryder than than uh, Tobey Maguire does, which I think yeah. it was a good casting. I think it was good casting. Absolutely. So, with that being anything, said, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about yours. I think it was awesome. I know you're not a big fan of Fred Savage. Everybody, Aaron hates Fred Savage. I don't uh, hate so Fred Savage. I don't. You don't I, want the guy to get employed, man. You don't want no. I do money. want the guy to get employed. He can make a tell. He can make a few more Deadpool sequels. Let him do that. These are tough times in this economy, Aaron. Let the I'm man glad they're tough times. Cards. I'm glad Fred Savage is having a cards. tough time. But you know what? I prefer Fred Savage over his doofy little brother any day of the week. Yeah, boy meets world, boy meets paycheck. Because he needs to find one now. Fred Savage needs a paycheck. So does his brother. He was in The Wiz, man. Come on. Give, give the guy a break. You mean The Wizard? Was it? Oh, The Wizard. I'm sorry. The Wizard. <laughs> My bad. It's late. I Calif- apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So... I mean, I think we've talked long enough. It's we're, oh we're getting over the two hour mark. Yes. So we're going to kind of close off the episode here and start getting some shout outs, you know, start, you know, getting things ready. Uh, I do have to give a shout out to Clay Wayne Hirsch, our, our, our bro out there. Oh man. Uh, I yeah. met up with him. He was ecstatic to get the edge figure. Sweet. Handed off to him. Uh, he hooked me up with the hangman. Oh, sick. How the hell did you find that? Uh, he was able to find it out in his neck of the woods. Oh, so he hooked up the hangman. Awesome. Um, we, we, we talked, you know, for, I met him, I met up with him uh, Thursday 
and we talked for a little bit about you know wrestling and toys and also a few things. <laughs> so uh, he, he was a pretty cool guy. He, he has a he has awesome, a really man. cool pair of sunglasses. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that kind of made me jealous. He has some really cool sunglasses. Our brother uh, from another mother, man. Thanks for uh, pretty much. Thanks for championing our cause, man. Yes. So a big shout out to him. Uh, I believe he's got a wrestling show coming up soon. I, I would have to double check. With uh, he and he and he's part of the Lions Pride wrestling that's out of Bryan, Texas, or parts of Houston. It's okay. run by Houston Carson, uh, former NWA champion or Houston NWA champion, Houston Carson. Houston, Houston, Houston. That's a lot of Houston's in one sentence. Uh, but he's from Houston Carson School of uh, Lions Pride. Uh, and yeah, just a really cool guy. We talked for a bit. Uh, I apologize to his wife for her waiting in the car while we met up uh, and you know, with the, with the two kids in the back seat while, while we oh talked, my gosh. while we talked wrestling and toys. So uh, <laughs> it, I'm not going to talk about the subject this time. We don't talk about those, things. those were dumb things. Talk uh, about your movie castings, <laughs> your movie castings, but uh, yeah, really cool guy. So quick shout out to him. Word. And also uh, thanks for sticking around all this podcast. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah, it's we're, we're going on late, and then like next next uh, blah 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 blah. Last thing I want to give a shout out to is our pretty much our Cross the Streams Media family, uh, which you can listen to them at crossthestreamsmedia.com. Uh, they have the Movie Gap, Three Beers and a Mic, Three Beers and an MCU Name Patent Pending, the Charles Bronson and I can't oh, think Chuck of the actor's Norris name. Something. Huh. Was it Chuck Norris? No, no, it's the uh, Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson go. podcast. There I remembered go. it this time. It is not the Dan Aykroyd and Charles Bronson. It's the Charles Bronson, and uh, oh god, dang it, I've missed it. Okay, I can't. <laughs> it's Fred Savage. No, that's no, not Fred Savage. It's uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Yeah, Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. Uh, Burn Appetit. Uh, the Arts of Boar, which is the newest one that they've just added. And if I'm forgetting any, oh, Four Dorksmen. So go there. Yeah, if, yeah if, you guys are, if you guys are putting up with us and listening to us for two hours plus, uh, <laughs> truly you'll be interested in shows that are way more seasoned and better than we are. Shows that have, shows that are uh, more better formatted, or not more better, that sounds Mo better. primarily terrible. That are uh, better formatted. Grammarly for better. Grammarly listening. Far bad. Stupid science bench. Make me ain't no more smarter. Uh, so be sure to check them out and uh, the shows that are on there because they are uh, pretty good for the most part. Yeah, go show some love, man. Obviously, if you guys are listening to us, you, you, you really, really, really like podcasts. So surely you can give somebody else some love and give them some time. And you must love pain if you're still listening this long afterwards. So yeah. thanks for listening. Thank you much. Appreciate it, guys. So until next time, this is your host, Aaron. This is your buddy, Chris. And remember, quasi-Kevin Feige, I need money. <laughs> And remember to always unfollow, never unfriend. Until next time, bye. Keep it friends, Evan.
Thanks for listening to Front Row Negative, a Cross the Streams media podcast.